Good morning, class. Welcome to Art Eater Podcast number 17. Wow, we're getting way up there in numbers. Um, all right, so the uh, theme of today's podcast uh, is King of Fighters 13. Um, this year is the uh, 10th anniversary uh, of this game, which is crazy because I, I still think of 13 as like the new one. Uh, but yeah, it's been 10 years since that uh, wonderful game dropped. Um, in 2010 on july 14th uh, so that was just a couple days ago that'll be maybe like a week ago by the time this uh, uploads yeah so today uh we got the the gang together uh i'm your host richmond i'm here with my co-host sean and our our special fighting game guests uh thomas and james and uh, we are gonna talk about king of fighters 13. Um, so of course expect us to go into the the art the artistry of it, uh, maybe dig into some of the character design. Um, Thomas and James will definitely go deep into the gameplay <laughs> and then uh, be, be prepared for hours and hours of, of tangents. <laughs> be, be, we be, only provide the best. Yes. <laughs> tangents. Yeah, so many tangents. There's so much to cover here. Okay, so um, first let's... Uh, okay, so we're going to talk about King of Fighters... 13, of course, uh, which is um, the last great uh, sprite-based uh, King of Fighters game. You know, it went full 3D in 14, and um, I, I would argue that it's really the last great, like, original, old-school-style uh, sprite-based fighting game in, in general. Um, you know, like, I, I think there are, of course, still uh, beautiful 2D fighting games now, but they're, they're much more like... A, they're all anime fighters. Uh, they, they have sort of a different kind of charm to them. Uh, King of Fighters 13 is very much rooted in uh, the aesthetic of uh, 90s fighting games, and it's just a wonderful uh, evolution of that. It, it's, it's way beyond nostalgia. Um, they, they did an awesome job there. Uh, but um, I think before we talk about 13, we, we got to talk about the game that came before it, King of Fighters 12. Um, and then we, we probably need to go back even further in time uh, yeah. to give context to uh, King of Fighters 12. Um, so where, I don't know, gentlemen, where, where should we even start? <laughs> I think we, we need to start at KOF uh, Neowave. Neowave? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because okay. that's the, if you remember correctly, KOF 2003 is the last KOF on the Neo Geo system. Okay. So there's a there's a hardware thing about this about this subject, and after that, if you listen to our various episode on uh, on Guilty Gear, you maybe heard about Sami and the Atomis Wave system, which also runs uh, with one of James' f uh, favorite games, which is uh, Okutonoken. And um, this is also and, very. Uh, and the, the the thing is, at this time, since SNK wasn't in super good shape because remember they, they went bankrupt in 2000 and another company named SNK Playmore created by the set by the, I think it was the same um, CEO of SNK rebought uh, the rights and the characters and things like that to uh, keep them like this so after that they went to it was the dark period of 2001 uh, KOF 2001 KOF 2002 and so after that the the company stabilized a bit and uh, was able to produce uh, KOF 2003 which is in in itself uh, an interesting thing 
to talk about, but we will go uh, past that for today. <laughs> and after that, they had to change the hardware. And the first um, KOF that came out was KOF Neo Wave, which was a game on the Atomis Wave system. And it was like a, um, an in-between uh, game made with the KOF 2002 uh, sprites. And after that, they worked a bit more and they produced, I think, one, maybe the most underrated uh, King of Fighter game, which is KOF 11. And uh, I, I don't know if you played this game, folks, have you? I, I barely touched that one. And you, James, it's a broken game. You, sh you may have <laughs> played it. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think I actually have. Uh, like I think I I think I played it like at a random like tournament, just yeah. for like like shits and giggles kind of like I never like sat down and like played it played it but like it was it was definitely something that I felt like if I had more time with it I would have destroyed it. So for for people not knowing, from two thousand three and in KOF eleven it's a tag team uh, a real tag team. Which means that instead of having, you know, one character plays and dies and is replaced in a new round by the second characters and then the third, well, at, in this game you have you had three life bars at the same time. So it was basically Marvel vs. Capcom meets King of Fighters. And wait a minute, was... are you yeah. talking about Eleven? Yeah. Oh wait, for some reason I thought you were talking about like Colosseum. I don't know why. I don't know why I thought ah, that. Ah no way. no. Nope. No, 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 no. I definitely played King of Fighters ah, a lot. Thank you. <laughs> thank a you, lot. Uh, thank you. Like, ooh, yeah. I um, <laughs> I had I had a lot of fun with uh, SNK versus Marvel. Um, <laughs> because <laughs> that's, that's, that's literally. James, are you talking about Neo Geo Battle Coliseum? Is that what you thought he was talking about? No, no, no. no. I thought he was talking about that for some reason. No, no, no. no. I was talking about KOF 11. And 11 is uh, basically <laughs> you can change character be between combos inside the same round. And it's absolutely crazy. That's oh. a wonderful game. That's incredible. It is, it, is, it is probably one of the SNK games that I really enjoyed in terms of team synergy because I... I mean, I think that there was like another game that was slightly similar to Eleven, but not in the same way. Like, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I played cheap teams. I played like Dulan and like, uh, fucking like Vanessa and and K. Like, like I, Kula, I was a Kula really K, Kula K, yeah. Like, I was a really mean person in Eleven. And uh, but one of the things I enjoyed about it was how fast paced it was. Yeah. Um. I I basically it, it it felt like a Marvel game with SNK characters, and I had the equivalent of like Yoon with a teleport, with Gaijin, and, <laughs> and like Sakura and Gato. Mm -hmm. Uh. But it was it was definitely a game that really explored just how expressive you could be in terms of offense. Um, and yeah, like that's something so, that I really enjoyed about it. There were things you could do that were completely crazy. So, for if your character died on the stage, for example, the um, the, the opponent could jump uh, on uh, on the body, and when your character comes in, you will take a cross up, and you had to guess 
where mm-hmm. to uh, guard. So that was really, really, really Marvel vs. Capcom style. There was no assist. So that's the main difference. That you, you could not uh, get help from your opponents, but you could change of characters, like make a combo with your three characters at the same time. Start with one, mm-hmm. call the second one, call the third one, and uh, close with that. And there were also amazing characters coming in this game since you had Marvel uh, Garou Mark of the Wolves characters inside. You had Gato, for example, you had yeah. Um uh, you had yeah. Tizok also. He was in 2003, I think. Gato was in 2003, mm-hmm. I think. Too. And he was. Uh, yeah, yeah. And um, you could do so crazy, crazy stuff in this game. That was so, so fun. So fun. It was. Ex- it was extremely expressive. Like you could, like, you literally could sit down and create a style of play that just. It was literally overwhelming, and somebody else could do the same to you. Like, like matches went by so quickly. Uh, like, very rarely did you have like any sort of attrition. Like, it was just I got my knockdown, or I have my setup into this combo, and now I have a cross under, and you're dead. Like, it was incredibly fast paced, and there was so much going on uh, within the frenetic pace of it that like it. In terms of its design philosophy, it's probably one of the most expressive SNK games that I had, I had played uh, prior to 13. I still feel like it kind of rivals it in a way in terms of certain aspects of expression and the pace that you can force on your opponent. Yeah, and uh, maybe that that's something we should uh, say too, is that 2003 was the start of a new um, scenario. For the for the games for the series with a new hero which is not a hero which is Ash Crimson, yeah. who's yes. basically the kind of anti-hero that uh, KOF didn't have. Yeah, it was very controversial. And the team with him was Duolon, a Chinese assassin, and uh, Shen Wu, who I think was a, a Hong Kong like mafia yeah. guy. Yeah, just and, like uh, a wild man. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, the three of them were very strange when the, when it came out. And it was even more strange because in 2003, the artworks were done by Falcon. Yes. Do you remember Falcon? Yeah. Yes. 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 And, uh, and at around, around the, the 2000, Falcon was very famous online for his fan art of uh, SNK and Guilty Gear characters. So it was kind of surprised to see him get there but to be honest i never really enjoyed his art so i was relieved to not see him in 11 but he's still at snk right now he's still uh, working for them so uh, he's a good pick i suppose and uh, what did you think about the, the the new hero team the new characters um you know honestly i kind of liked how disruptive uh they were like, like, I felt like Ash was, uh, like, just entirely disruptive to the story and with almost no concern for the foundation that was established. And normally that's kind of like, ah, oh, man, I don't want that in, like, my, my KOF or lore of anything that has been established but for so long. But I kind of like this idea of a character showing up with that kind of presence. And it was also the design was actually interesting, too. Mm-hmm. So, like that was enough to kind of pull me in to say, hey, well, who, who is this? Like, I want to know uh, more um, about this character. And I kind of liked that it expanded the already massive world of KOF. Um, because, 
again, it's like you've got this new chapter and this new character that has a whole different representation of like what their intent and purpose is. And I felt like that was kind of cool to see that like there's more to it than the same like fight over like to Orochi or not to Orochi to you know what I mean like it's <laughs> it added it added some more like spice to it and it was like oh there's other things to be uh, potentially concerned about so I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, th- Thomas, how did you feel about Ash? I mean, like um, he, he's he's a French character, right? Like, is, he, is he the first French? King of Fighters character, because uh, traditionally the the heroes the hero team is is you know from Japan, usually like you know Kyo is like a straight straight laced dude. He's a good guy, uh, conventionally handsome, manly shonen hero. And then Ash is like this. I, I thought he I thought he was a girl the first time I saw him. <laughs> well, Ash, uh, yeah. uh, as a French. Guy, I don't, uh, to be honest, all French characters are a bit—I don't know—effeminate, metrosexual. I don't—I don't know how to say it. But yeah. if you look, if you look, the, the other French character from King of Fighter is King, I think, and uh, she's not even from uh, King of Fighter. Mm. Uh, she's from Art of Fighting. Right. But if you if you look at all. Almost all French characters, they're often very effeminate characters. I don't know why. I talked about this with um, Katsuryo Harada, the, the creator of, um, of Tekken, one of the creators of Tekken mm. and the current producer of the series. And he asked me, like, uh, why did I think Abel in SF4 was good as a, as a French character? You know, because Abel is a French guy. Mm. And I... And I told him, like, oh, that's because it's not defined by the fact that he's French. That's mm-hmm. interesting. You know, he's doing, uh, he's doing a form of judo, which is very popular in France. And um, because France have, have, have been with David Douillet and Teddy Reiner, a very uh, proactive nation on, uh, on the judo side, judo sports mm-hmm. in the Olympics. So there, there's clearly, you know, these two sides of uh, how to design a French character, <laughs> but that's <laughs> another thing. But, but at now that time you I mention did... it, uh, yeah. Ash has a very similar character design to Remy. Yeah, like, yeah, like hair, bell bottoms, like the stances. Um, there must have been some sort of stereotypical idea of what a French fighter looked like. Well, um, the, um, the the idea I think was the same for both characters. That when they did uh, Remy in First Strike, it was because they didn't have. Um, uh, how do you say in in Japanese? You know the the pretty guy stereotype character. Yeah, Bishonen. Yeah, and uh, so they wanted, yeah, they wanted one in uh, in first strike, yeah. and I think that's basically the same with uh, with Ash. And so making a Bishonen, making making it French, actually for Japanese character designers, apparently makes sense for whatever reason. <laughs> I don't know why. But uh, no, no, I, I like the characters, but the character, but to be honest, I think is way better in 12 and 13 uh, um, in expressing who he, who he is yeah. with yeah. his sprites and things like that. Because in uh, 2003 and 11, his sprite is like a bit rigid and he's like a, a kind of guile because he's a charge character with a, a flash kick and a, and a sonic boom. So... I don't know. I think maybe uh, at this time, I think SNK was 
um, knew that China was going to, was going to be their uh, you know uh, mass market for the years to come. So I think that's why we have two Chinese characters, one Ch one Chinese and one Hong Kong character. So uh, to, to to go with him, and I don't know to be honest. Uh, I, I like him. Uh, the 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 kind of you know flames he has because all heroes in King of Fighter have flames. He has like uh, you know glue like gu gooey like uh, green flames that that was original to me at least. But uh, I don't know the the sneering flame. <laughs> yeah, and um, the effects were very uh, different, very very mm -hmm. original. Yeah. Oh, I just looked at the, the bio of Ash and he's actually the same age as me and French. So <laughs> <laughs> and he was born like, according to the, he was born like eight days before me and oh, we wow. have the same blood type. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm not sure I wanted to know that. <laughs> <laughs> Just to to fall back to um, to the game. So, when when uh, Eleven came out, I think it was in two thousand five or two thousand six. The SNK was not still in a good shape, and the the company was you know um, trying to find money elsewhere, and so they they invested in uh, Pachinko and Pachin Slot. I don't know if there's a difference between them, and so they were doing. Also, all sorts of games because they also did the King of Fighters in 3D. If you remember, right, the uh, Neo Wave games, right? No, the no Neo Wave was the the 2D one, the um, Maximum Impact. Oh, sorry, yeah, 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 Maximum, yeah. yeah. And uh, Nona was the character designer for the for the Maximum Impact, and that was very, very different. Yeah. To and you know what? Um, just real quick, surprisingly, the character designer for for Ash was not Falcoon, even though that's a super Falcoon-like design. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I think Nona was actually the main designer on that. It's a collaborative I, yeah. process. They built it's both. A, yeah. yeah, I think he added specific, like, very opinionated details to it. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, and maybe we can express ex um, explain to who is Nona actually because he was the the is it, it, it will be I think the the name that will come back the most yes. when we talk about all these games, and uh, Nona was basically um, well is basically because he's not dead, he's not at SNK at SNK anymore. He's a freelance artist now, but when SNK went bankrupt in two thousand. All the almost all the artists uh, well were left the company, and one of them was of course Shinkiro, and Shinkiro left. So suddenly the series didn't have his main uh, illustrator uh, to do the art of the game, and you can see it in um, and it's it's very important because. That's one of the reasons why King of Fighter 2001 was not very liked, is because Nona took over for all the arts, and so the the the, the character select screen arts, the wind pose arts, the um, the cover arts, everything, yeah. and it's so different that what Shinkiro was doing. Like Shinkiro was, I, I I'm sorry, I really don't like Shinkiro art to be honest except for a few ones but i always felt shinkiro was a, a kind of art his heart was like a bit constrained 
you know mm. and when you come when you have nona right after that the contrast is way too much to be honest because yeah. nona is over expressive with uh, yeah. deformations and uh, very sometimes not anime style but animation style maybe movie yeah yeah. yeah yeah just for for the listeners um, i'm sure you've, you're probably familiar with shinkiro you know a, a classic S snk illustrator uh he did like a hyper real but still very stylized um illustrations for the king of fighter series he moved on to capcom but his stuff was always a uh, you know very tall model-esque characters they, they looked like they were from uh, like high fashion spreads uh, mm. most of the time and then in 2001, you have Nona making stuff cartoony and, like you said, not even in an anime way, but just like a really cartoony way. Like uh, like the portrait of um, uh, Yuri, her wind portrait. She's making like a gorilla face. You know? yeah. Like, yeah. This is like the cutest character in the game. And she's, she's intentionally like really silly looking. It, it, was, it was way too much for most people. I, I love those I, portraits, though. I, I feel like if you want to see some interesting dissonance, look at his stuff of like Ryu, for instance, where he renders like Street Fighter characters in the yeah. SNK style. It's, it's pretty weird. Like you look at it and you're like, it, it takes a second for your mind to process what's going on. Mm-hmm. Because after the, after the um, the KOF 2001 and 2002, he also did SNK vs Capcom, and uh, the art of SNK vs Capcom is absolutely crazy, like I very 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 crazy. That's yeah. my favorite. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah, me too. But, yeah, it's pro- it's it, yeah, it's actually really interesting. Uh, the the choices that were made with like all of the art for that game, it it, it almost attracted you to it as if to say like if. If you're not attracted by this, like, the idea of this game, this art is designed specifically to pull you in because it's so just bizarre and different. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I really enjoyed about that game. That's an, that that game is it's a very interesting, uh, <laughs> very interesting game. Uh, the opening for that game is probably one of the most beautiful uh, sprite-based, or not even sprite-based. I don't even know how to really classify how they did that, but like. Uh, in terms of actual like animation in a like pixel based animation in an opening, uh, like SVC, just it it stood out. Like yeah. let alone like the 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 character art, like just that game. Just before you play it, before you actually push the button, <laughs> yes, because there's a very dis- yeah, <laughs> there's a very specific sort of experience you have when you're introduced to it. You're like, holy crap, like. This art is just. This is like a new era. You're like, man, I'm excited about this. Mm-hmm. And then, 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 then you, you know, you, you, you actually hit the character select screen and you play it. And you're like, okay, all right, this is, this is, this is what it is, and <laughs> yeah. that's it. Yeah. You know, like it's. This yeah. is an experience. But, yeah. <laughs> but the yeah, art I... for the for it is great, though. Mm-mm. All Nona art basically is super great, and I think SNK vs Capcom is interesting because do you remember the sprites for the Capcom characters in this game? Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, they, you you can't forget them because they they are very very special. But there's a, um, I don't know um, there's something about them that I think we we will find back. In some characters in KOF 12 and 13, like characters like Ryo, for example, which is you know the the the, the basic character, he looks super angry, you know, in his sprites <laughs> in 12 and 13, and I think we we find something uh, from SNK vs Capcom at this. Uh, I think there's a, a link between them. Yeah, that's that's oh, very special. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, 
So everyone take take note, uh, SVC Chaos. Um, so that that was like when Nona really uh, took the center stage as the character designer and illustrator on, on the game and had a big influence on the art style. And uh, yeah, it was very um, prescient of what would come in the future with King of Fighters 12 and 13, which we'll, yeah. we'll eventually get to. <laughs> <laughs> because before there was, because before, um, before 12, actually SNK didn't uh, like put a new King of Fighter out for I think five, four to five years. And mm. uh, that's because they were very occupied putting the, the new editions of KOF uh, 98 and 2002, the un, uh, Ultimate Match and Unlimited Edition. Um, they were huge success, both, both of those games. They were at Tugeki, at SBO. And uh, Crozer was broken, I think, in one of them. <laughs> so that's probably something for James, too. And, I mean, uh, he's, he's, he's broken in, in every iteration. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's, just, that, that's his design philosophy. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, what, what are we going for? Broken. Okay, that's, you know. Yeah. And so for a long time, there was no news about King of Fighter, to be honest. Everything yeah. you heard from SNK was like, oh, there's maybe this mobile game or King of Fighter uh, Maximum Impact in 3D, which got very bad press. I, I, I should probably replay those games to see if they were good or not, you know? But yeah, that it, mm. no, nothing was happening, actually, for a long time. <laughs> I kind of dropped at it to you like, okay, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay, so let's set the stage. Uh, so it's it's 2008, right? Yeah. And and Street Fighter 4 drops, and um, that helps you know kickstart uh, more interest in fighting games again. Because at at this point in time, um, fighting games uh, were really in a, in a long slump. You know, they they absolutely dominated during the 90s, and then um, during this period where where mainstream games were going online and where Games were finding sort of their 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 long tail in the online experience. Uh, uh, fighting games dropped out. You know they were being replaced by like uh, first-person shooters and stuff as the multiplayer game of choice. Um, so 2008 Street Fighter 4 drops, and for me it was heartbreaking because <laughs> it was a, a 3D game, and um, mm. I, I found some of the a lot of the art uh, execution of the art kind of questionable. I think the art direction. Uh, from Daigo Ikeno was amazing. I, I think he, he he had a lot of great ideas. I think they didn't quite execute on everything perfectly, but um, you know, so that was like, okay, that's it. 2D games are dead, like because there there hadn't been any new uh, 2D uh, fighters in a long time. Guilty Gear had been recycling sprites forever, um, but then in 2008, uh, Blaze Blue also dropped, and that that was the first I think uh, modern HD uh, mainstream yep. 2D fighter. It was in 720p, not not full 1080, but you know, beautiful high res. Uh, but, but yeah, that that had a very very um, uh, anime like to hear look. The, too. the history of Blaze Blue. Go back three episodes and listen <laughs> to Thomas talk about it. Just... <laughs> yeah, we yeah we went deep into I'm that. Sorry. I'm oh, no, so no, sorry. Oh no, no, sorry. I think that's what people are here for, right? Um, okay, yeah. so so then um, around that time, you know, like they they they, they announced uh, King of Fighters 2009. I'm sorry, King of Fighters 12. That came out in 2009. Yeah. And that game, um, not only was it, you know, the first new King of Fighters in, in, in a while, but it was the first 
new King of Fighters with all new sprites in, well, since the inception of the series in, in, in 1994. <laughs> From 1994 until 2009, they had been using the same Neo Geo sprites. I mean, they'd been updated, but they were, yeah. you know, based on that hardware. Um, and then with King of Fighters 12, they wanted to make like the greatest sprite-based, uh, you know, graphics ever. Like that—that that was their mission. And um, you know, the, the, these sprites were reused in 13. But uh, I, I just want to gush about 12 for a little bit. <laughs> um, Right, so so King of Fighters 12. Um, the amazing thing about it was it, it so it was HD. Um, the backgrounds were in HD, and it was for HD, uh, you know, 1080 uh, displays. But the the sprites were still a little bit pixelated. Yeah. And this was a bit of yeah, kind of controversial because um, and ultimately at the time people didn't quite appreciate it. Like a lot of reviews were like, ah, it still looks old. And um, but for me, I loved it because it, it was about as high resolution as you can get where every pixel still counts. To me, that is about as high res as it gets where it's still sprite art. Uh, whereas like, I, I feel like, uh, you know, Blaze Blue is, is, it's beautiful sprite art. It's very nice, but it's also like, you know, if you nudged the eyes a pixel to the left or right, no one would notice. Right. Whereas with King of Fighters 12, it's just at that range where like it does matter like every single square matters and and they absolutely like just optimize the hell out of it um but i mean do you guys remember the first time you laid eyes on this game yeah it was actually kind of interesting because uh that game did not have a lot of press it was yeah. kind of like you just you heard about it almost in this sort of secret developer way because like i remember seeing japanese tweets about it and I was, and even the tone of the video itself was just very like serious. Like it was just like, this is a game that we are making and we are doing everything we can to make the best game that we can make. And I'm looking at these sprites and I'm like, this is like SNK Third Strike to me. Like this yes. is, and I used to say that about Garo in terms of personality. Yes. But this was like actual execution of like taking the SNK aesthetic, the resources and talent, and saying, okay we are finally making our answer, our very late answer to yeah. Third Strike. And it, it blew me away. And it was almost this sort of ominous tone of like, this is like a Capcom killer kind of thing. Like, like because the videos were like, you didn't hear anybody talking. It was just black screen text. And then they would show samples of the game and shit. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, when is this coming out? Like, when do I get to play it? You know, and it was just like, oh, man, I was super excited. And then, uh, well, I won't talk about the HUDs and stuff until we talk about the actual game. I'm not going to go there yet. But, um, like, just seeing the sprites and seeing them move was something that, like, genuinely excited me. Because I was really kind of down about uh, Street Fighter IV. Um, I was not impressed. Uh, and I had a lot of access to play it before it came out. And I was just like for my own personal preference like i just wasn't very pleased visually i wasn't pleased uh in terms of the gameplay i was coming off of playing cvs2 for nearly like 10 years so playing a game that had like an established tone and like feel in terms of expression and actual like competitive gameplay like street fighter 4 felt really bland um it was just it, it basically was like sure you can met hadouken the game uh so and i have to yeah 
I have to ask, especially James, I'm wondering. So for for me, uh, the immediate thing that goes back to like the old SNK games is when I saw this, I was like, look at the size of these sprites. I haven't seen yeah. sprites like this since Art of Fighting. Like yeah. I was yeah. like yeah. getting the Art of Fighting vibe. Did y'all feel that yeah. as well? Yeah, I, I didn't think about that. Yeah. To me, to me, KOF 12 is not KOF 12. It's Art of Fighting 4. <laughs> because I, are... I, I, I now subscribe to this theory. I like it. Yes. To be to yeah. be honest, that it it doesn't play like a KOF game. It yeah. doesn't look like a KOF game. It has things that you didn't have in KOF games. So it's and it it brings back some characters too that we we haven't we didn't saw uh, for Rai, for example, Raiden. And even from the aesthetics point of view, we said that Nona was the, the strong guy, the strong man uh, art-wise at SNK yes. at this period. And if you look at it, for example, if you look at R Rio or, or even Terry or things like that, all these characters, they don't look like KOF characters. And it's even more obvious when you look at characters like Clark or Ralph, or all these characters, because the the baseline for the the, the all these series, like uh, for example Blaze Blue, or even more uh, Mortal Mortal Kombat Nine and um, Street Fighter Four, they said, okay, we have to go back to the roots. What were the roots of yes. the series? So it was Street Fighter Two, it was Mortal Kombat Two and Three. So they they got. They, they went back to those designs, they went back to those, you know, character rosters, things like that. And for KOF 12, or Art of Fighting 4, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the thing Nona did was, okay, instead of going back to the roots of King of Fighters, I'm going back to the roots of each individual series that yes. composed the King of Fighters, and that's the the revolution of the series. Because at the at it, at, the, at his base, King of Fighters was a dream match. It was the supposed to be because it was a trend at in uh, in '94. It was uh, it was the thing to do. For example, in '94, you also had Children of the Atom on the Capcom side, and you could play Akuma in this game. So that this was is the, true. Yeah, th that was the beginning of you know let's put some characters from different series into a game and execute the dream of all the fans, which is which. Which which hero is the best between you know Terry from the Fatal Fury series and Rio from the Art of Fighting series? That was the goal at the time. But to do it, since the, those two series had very different aesthetics, they had to you know uh, revamp them and they followed the the kind of Shinkiro style, which was to have everyone coming from uh, everyone being a bit more realistic. And uh, be uh, I don't know more lean, more square things like that. And so Nona, when he took back KOF 12, KOF, he decided he would have none of it. And so mm -hmm. that's the reason why we have like uh, hormones, beef like Clark and uh, <laughs> and Ralph in this game. And yeah. at the same time, all the the KOF characters, so the characters created exclusively for KOF characters, for example, like um, like Ash or Kyo or Yuri, they are way less muscular. They are way more lean because that's the original aesthetic of King of Fighters, and that's the reason too why Athena looks like a little girl now 
and why uh, the uh, design changed. <laughs> and also because Kensu also changed. Now he has his, uh, you know, Chinese um, Chinese garb, Chinese uh, clothes, and is completely different. So the, the the I remember the it was not the surprise that shocked me the most, but the, the the fact that they decided to go back to the roots but the roots of the roots and that yeah. was so wild that was so wild yeah so that's it for me <laughs> yeah, yeah i really enjoyed it yeah I, I was just gonna piggyback off of that um I, I i loved how yeah just they went back to the roots of the roots of the character and it wasn't just like nostalgia like oh let's make it what people remember it was like let's really get to the core of the character as they were originally designed and then like ramp that up. Right. Cause like, um, you know, you know, like you said, the, the King of fighters characters, they remain very svelte, you know, they're, they're t model like they're, they're slimmer. Right. And then you have like uh, Terry and Rio are like jacked again, you know, they, 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 they're straight out of like the nineties era. They, they look like they're from an action movie. Right. And then Ralph and Clark, um, the, they're the Akari warriors, right? They were inspired yeah. by like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone movies. So they just ramped that up way more than that had like mm -hmm. ever been tapped into in, in previous King of Fighters. Mm -hmm. Right. And then uh, Athena became like a like a like a eighties anime character. <laughs> you know? That was crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah mm -hmm. Like she I mean, she was sort of the, the uh, sort of the like the unofficial character. mascot of the series yeah. by then. Like she had the most costume changes. Uh, everyone loved her. She 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 she, she, she she makes me feel like she's from um, um, ah Ikoku uh, House if Ikoku from um, ah Maison Ikoku Maison Ikoku yeah. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know this kind of aesthetics <laughs> yeah yeah. They even, um, they, I, I believe, uh, they, the, her skirt has the uh, the iron curtain effect, where you can never actually see a panty shot. Yeah. <laughs> no matter how she kicks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, her her body type was very different. She she was like, uh, you know, she was like a little chunkier. It was. Uh, I thought it was a nice welcome change of pace. She she looked like an '80s idol, like a little, little yeah. more fullness to her, not not like real well, thin. So it also gave uh, a lot of weight to her actions. Like it feels like she can actually make a lot of the moves work that she's doing on screen. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes there's a little bit of dissonance between how muscular the character is and what they're doing, but the, the weight just makes it feel a little bit more um, realistic. Is not the right word, but you, you know what I mean. Like it feels uh, there's a lot more I, kind of weight moved in the animation when, especially I that think, combo where she moves forward. I think the uh, performance is sold more in this game because her body type is different like the impact of her attacks are it it feels more i guess right because we don't want to say realistic but it just feels more right in a game mm -hmm. where everyone's volume has increased just because of the uh the visual aesthetic of it i mean even like uh I don't know. I mean, you could pick any KOF character and look at their old sprite and then look at how they look in 12. And it's like, you know, their volume mm. has increased like exponentially. Yeah. So to have someone that I guess comes off as like, I don't know, like a, a, a wafer in comparison to everybody being oh, like yeah. chunky, like chunky soup. It's like, I feel like that was a good uh, design choice for uh, Athena. I think that there's a yeah. certain... Um, feeling that you have when you have that kind of volumetric feel with like a fighting game 
especially with a character that is like supposed to be idle, like innocent, and like yeah. so to have that sort of like no, I'm I'm strong as hell too. Like and to see that it, I don't know. I think it sells her moveset, but it also shows the difference in terms of her inclusion within the roster. So I I, I like that they actually did that. Yeah, I, I just like that they pushed the body type so much, you know, because because yeah. the earlier King of Fighters, um, if you'll remember, like King of Fighters 94 was uh, the very first one is very different looking for a fighting game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Street Fighter 2, everything else, everyone was jacked. Right. And then here were like some normally proportioned, like, you know, slender, yeah. like model looking dudes kicking ass, like in designer clothing like that that was uh, revolutionary for 94. Uh, that, that's kind of what you expect from from you know anime Japanese media now but that that was a a huge change of pace in 94. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that is true. They, and they managed to 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 have very different body types both for the male characters but also the female characters yes. because yeah. in the same game you have Athena like we said but you also have Leona oh, which yeah. which change uh with a, a good change of costume i think yeah uh, i know some people don't, don't like it but i really like it so she's also very lean but muscular which is yes. something we we didn't yes. saw that much and even a guy like kensu is super lean like he's uh yes. he's very Br- bruce lee like from uh, uh I, from the muscle yeah. perspective mm-hmm. wait, 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 james do you think they based him off of a uh, yuan biao oh absolutely and yeah, if you're right. Did you get that vibe? Yeah, like I and, and like old school, like remember like before writing wrongs. Oh man, like, yes, like, yeah, like 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 before he did the movie with Cynthia Rothrock. Like I feel like that's like a direct uh, influence. Uh, like his, like the personality, like the sass of him, like all of that is like very eighties uh, UMBL, like early eighties UMBL. Yeah. Yeah, if if you're listening, he was uh, he he was one of the kung fu stars of Hong Kong in the 80s and early 90s, and uh, very frequently a co-starred with Jackie Chan and uh, uh, Sammo in, in I feel lots like, of I, movies. Like I feel uh, like in a go ahead. I feel like in a way he's uh, he's extremely underrated. Oh, um, dude, yeah. He's he's done, and a lot of it has to do with the same problem that uh, Yukari Oshima had, which was they could perform. But they did not have the supposed aesthetic that uh, companies were looking for. So a lot of times they were like co-stars or they uh, did ghost stunting. Because um, believe it or not, he actually did some of Karen Shepard's stunts what? Uh, in, in writing wrongs. He's actually wearing a wig uh, oh doing some of the stunts <laughs> for, for, for that movie. Uh, like UMBL has a lot of uncredited things that like if people i mean shout outs to blu-ray because that's how people figured a lot of this shit out but uh people could see that it was him doing like, some of karen shepherd's stunts and it's not to discredit karen shepherd because karen shepherd is actually uh an amazing martial artist uh she has just as much accolades as cynthia rothrock did back in the day um and to see them both in one movie at least for that one time was like incredible you know there were a lot of people that it's like when people think about like hong kong cinema it's like you know, they think about the U.S. actors, and it's like uh, Cynthia Rothrock is on there. Um, I think is it John Norton is on there. Uh, but people forget about Karen Shepard because she didn't make a lot of appearances in martial arts movies. But 
the few that she did, like she was amazing. But yeah, Yuen Bial did a lot of her um, her yeah. stunts. So yeah. It, it, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's 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 super underrated. He, but I'm glad amazing. that yeah, I'm I'm glad that he that someone thought enough to be inspired by what he put out back then to make a fighting game character that embodied it. Yeah, because uh, but you know uh, he he also had the the Beijing Opera background like like Jackie Chan yeah. and Sammo like th- those guys have been doing this stuff since they were six. They didn't have like a normal life or education. I, you know, like yeah, uh, they lived and breathed like their 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 paintbrushes were their fists, their feet, their face, their body. Uh, I'm pretty sure that would be illegal these days to do that to a child. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, it's yeah, that would not that would not fly very would well. Not fly in the modern world, but like yeah, they yeah. they were child soldiers conscripted into like you know stunt work, Beijing yeah. opera, like kung fu. Um, but but. But yeah, yeah, he was a great, you know, one of the stars of Hong Kong. Uh, with, with Jackie Chan always had that sort of like scoundrel appeal, and and I think he was always more the boyish one, like yeah. And I think that's kind of what's reflected in uh, uh, Kenso, uh, his redesign. Yeah, like it's it's definitely man. I could I could go on about because the thing about King of Fighters to me, like, like SNK games in general, when it comes to the, the fighting games, is there's a particular connection or respect to Hong Kong cinema. Yes. And I feel like it permeates through the music, through sound design. Um, there's a particular harshness that, in comparison to Capcom games, uh, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that in, like, there's a very abrasive kind of feel to the way that they approach sound design when people get hit. Um, mm. When, it, even music, like, there's certain, I don't know if it's, like, I don't want to say synth, but there's like an electronic music implements that Hong Kong cinema had that were like very typical fanfare for them. And some of those elements appear in tracks for King of Fighters. Mm. Um, it's, it's, it's something that sounds eerily similar. Like there's times I'm watching Hong Kong cinema. I'm like, man, that sounds like a King of Fighters track. <laughs> and it's not, yeah. you know, it's, it's not, I mean, unless I'm watching like a Godfrey whole film, it probably is an SNK track, but <laughs> whole, whole, whole other yeah that's a whole thing. other <laughs> so but uh but no there's a very particular synergy with um hong kong cinema that i see with snk games so you know characters like kenzo uh you know embody that and it's it's cool to see i think the only thing i haven't really seen well i can't say only but i think athena kind of touched on it is when you see somebody like sam Hung move around um especially for the first time you're not expecting it uh, yeah. there's a certain energy that he has that no one else has that it's like this, it's almost like he's defying physics. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, it's amazing because it's not just, oh, it's a big dude moving fast, but it's also the way that like the camera work was used to kind of complement it. And, uh, it's been an inspiration for me for something that I'm working on, but, uh, yeah, like I, I like that SNK sort of you know, always had their eye on Hong Kong cinema and kind of sprinkled that stuff in there. Yeah. And they, uh, they managed to to get a few redesigns right, too, because I don't know for you, but I, to me, some characters were never charismatic in King of Fighters. And one of them, for, to me, is Robert Garcia. <laughs> Which is yeah. probably oh, you're, most... you're attacking my Robert from Art of Fighting. <laughs> <laughs> and right, I, I never, except maybe for 
exactly for art of fighting, but in KOF, I never found that Robert Garcia was, you know, charismatic or, or good looking, or, except for 12 and 13, because he has the, his, this, this connection with, um, with uh, the actor that inspired him, which is... Uh, ah. Wait, what was he in? Because I think I know who you're talking about. Oh, you know, the, 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 play, uh, the gas platform and the Indians and it, everything explodes in the... Oh. <laughs> Lorenzo Wallace? Are you talking about Steven Seagal? Oh. Steven Seagal, yeah. Uh, okay. Because yes. I thought that it was like a combination of like Steven Seagal and yeah. like Lorenzo Lamas. That's oh, my God. Yeah. Lorenzo yeah, Lamas. Like, yeah, like, like that's, what I, that's what I got from it. Like, like it was... Like Lorenzo Lamas and Steven Seagal, if they if they combined, <laughs> then you would get Robert Garcia. Oh, and if you like, fail the fusion, yeah, you, <laughs> if you fail the fusion, like in Dragon Ball, you, you get the current Steven Seagal. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> doesn't look like at all like Steven Seagal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's so true, though. That's yeah. uh, that's so true. But yeah, those are the two like elements, the the the, the sugar and spice of yeah. of Robert Garcia to me is. Uh, Lorenzo Lamas and uh, and Steven Seagal and you know Capcom obviously went more the Steven Seagal route with Dan, but oh, yeah. they uh, you know but in, in KOF that's what I felt and I it's to me the the design of him in twelve and thirteen is probably my favorite. Yeah, I'm not a big fan sense. of what he looked like in uh, fourteen. Like I, I feel like that's just like that's the if you order Robert Garcia off of Wish, I hate to go there, but it just doesn't. It just doesn't work for me. <laughs> but uh, but I, I agree, he feels a lot better in 12. Yeah, like 12 and yeah. 13, he looks great. Um, yeah. You know, I, like, like, like one of the things I loved doing with him is uh, his CD move. Like, I felt like that was the embodiment of cool with Robert. I felt like whoever did that move, it's like a standing, like, it's like an FBI door kickdown, like, move. Like, and it just looks like... <laughs> It's like the posing of it is so like casual and effortlessly cool mm-hmm. and it just works. It's just like that is a move that Robert would do. It's very specific and it's a simple move, but like it embodies the, the design of the character. It's like yeah. that is a, like, like if you I, saw the 3D model do that move, you would know that that's Robert's move. Yeah, I, I will say I kind of get what uh, Thomas is saying and that I think uh, the original... Uh, art of fighting like Robert Garcia was much more like had a little bit more personality from a, um, a like not goofy perspective but he had that element from Seagal that that was like a little over the top and I feel like um, it's a little bit less personality but he's way more slick and cool in 12 and 13 like uh, you you get a yeah. you get a feeling that he's he's got a lot like if you think about it um, his clothes are like less baggy um, like his uh his musculature is like more balanced and like even his ponytail is done in a certain way where it just makes him feel, uh, like I said, it makes him feel a lot more like cool and not like kind of under the, not under the surface kind of goofy. Uh, like there isn't an element of comedy left anymore in it, which is like uh, part of the original character, but uh, I prefer it in, in 12 and 13. Although yeah, I would, I would agree he's not exactly charismatic. He's just, uh, he's cool. You bring up a really good point though. Cause I, I, I didn't think about, the comedic aspect or I say that for lack of a better word with it, but like the tone of him was very different. Like, like now I'm looking at like his old animations and it makes me think of this old movie called out for justice with Steven Seagal, where he's like, has anybody seen Richie? Like he's like, and he's got like that. (laughs) And and it's like, it's very like, 
it reminds me of that scene where, because I think he had on a goofy looking jersey chain uh, in that scene. So it's like, yeah, like there's a certain like uh, personality that is missing from a lot of the, the, mm. the older sprites. It's like, this is older Robert Garcia. He gets his clothes tailored. Like he's got a stylist, you know, he's, he's, He's been around for well, a bit, so yeah. It makes well, sense. he's got um, he's he's had that um, that animation thing uh, that he's done in most games that Robert Garcia is in, where he kind of takes his vest and pulls it down a little bit around his shoulders. Except yeah. that yeah. it looks kind of stupid in his older games. Like it looks like uh, it doesn't fit very well, but he's proud of it anyway. Whereas in twelve and thirteen, it just makes him look cool. Like it just kind of looks like yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't. I, you know, I think he does it as part of one of his finishers or something. But that's that's the part where I was kind of like in paying attention to the way that he moved. In this, in uh, twelve and thirteen, you can kind of see how, and I don't know if it was intentional. Maybe they just like wanted to make him a little bit more slick and less, uh, less over the top over time. But he he definitely kind of uh, slowly pulled back away from that the the reference of Seagal. So I, I wonder if I wonder if, if by this point maybe the artists weren't quite as aware of the original influences. Uh, I, I feel like that's possible. I feel like that's possible. If they've had if they had like a turnaround similar to Capcom, it's like, I feel like there's a lot of people that work there now that do not remember Bengus or like Kinu. There's people that work there that don't know who they are. Because oh. so much time has passed. So oh. it's, yeah, like I, it, ah. th that's possible. That's possible that, you know, they just weren't aware, you know? It's, it's possible that the reference that they had for 13 was probably like, uh, I don't know, source files from, like, a 2000 game. And they probably were just like, okay, I, well... I'm not, I'm not saying it's necessarily bad, either. Like, it may have also been a thing where they decided that the tone didn't work as well for the new game. So, I don't know. That's also true, too. Because I don't even think there's, there's like, high comedy in 13 outside of... Uh, gosh, what is that old man's name? Uh, it's, it's Yeah, like, Chin. Chin is probably mm. the closest that you get. Him and, like, Hua... But more Yuli, chin, more so than Hua. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like yeah. very, like the tone is very subdued in comparison mm -hmm. to like a lot of the older but games. The the thing with Robert is that, to me, Robert, except for in twelve and thirteen, where where he looks like you know a movie star that came to fight a bit like Johnny Cage in MK, you know, mm -hmm. but yeah, with yeah, a serious yeah. tone. Each time I, I just googled like uh, Robert Garcia and I have like three to four design like the original design the the blue shirt that they gave him at one time and the new geo battle Coliseum, and it doesn't make any sense it's like the you, you know it's oh japanese people see italian people you see <laughs> that, that that's how i feel about it because in his other designs that are not inspired by uh, by um, by actors he has like this, uh, you know, pizza slice, uh, pizza slice uh, um, uh, shirts, you know, and uh, yeah. and with with his torso uh, visible, and uh, <laughs> and he has small gloves <laughs> like he's driving his Ferrari in the sunlight yeah. of Sicilia, and it does, it's 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 so stupid. <laughs> That's like. Italian one-on-one -on -one by Japanese designers, you know, and uh, the the fourteen, the King of Fighters fourteen design is even oh. worse than that because they don't have a, <laughs> a, 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 a little mustache. 
He has a mustache, like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because now maybe he's older, so he's like the Don, you know, in the, the family. They, 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 like. they, they ordered Robert Garcia off of Wish. That, that's what <laughs> King of Fighters 14 Robert looks like. Like, it's like, like yeah, because I'm looking at it now. And it's like, man, <laughs> like, what, did, what did you guys do? Like, because and it's also like even some of the outfits, because I think he had one where it was like he had on like a vest. And like a, it was like a blue vest that was like cut really like no, it wasn't cut high. It was like pretty much at waistline. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's got these massive collars on it. I feel like it's an example of a character walking into a store and seeing an outfit on a mannequin, but not realizing how it may not fit him the same. And just buying it. <laughs> like, like that's he's like, no, I want that. He's like, oh, you don't want it? Nah, yeah, yeah nah, just take it off the rack. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I, I want this one. And you're like, oh, okay. Like that's what he looks like but i think that they just went through a lot of like design phases with him where they were just like we're just trying to figure out what we want to do and then like the tone for 13 was different enough that like they got rid of a lot of that and they streamlined his design uh you know quite a bit actually and uh i mean i i think it's a i think it's an amazing design in 13 uh i feel like you know what happened in 14 is just you know, it's different staff, different tone, different everything, and I just, I'm, I just wasn't feeling it. Yeah. Like, and he's good in fourteen, but I just hate looking at him. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just want to interject for the for the listeners. Um, uh, you know, if if you're if you're following along, I highly recommend um, you go to this website. Uh, so when King of Fighters twelve launched, um, oh, they yeah. were so proud of the art that they made for the game that they made a website. Um, strictly about all the effort that went into the sprite art and uh, there's even a uh, gallery where you can view uh, the sprites themselves and view um, a couple animations the idol and two attacks so if you just google king of fighters 12 and dot art d-o-t dot art uh, that you know i think in japan they they refer to pixel art as a dot art um, mm-hmm. yeah so if you google that you'll 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 go to the kof 12 2D dot graphics gallery. Um, and it also walks you through um, their process, uh, which which uh, I'll just cover, uh, touch on briefly. Um, so if you go to this website under the dot creation uh, page, um, they talk about creating graphics with soul. You know, so they, they mm-hmm. wanted to make this their final statement on sprite art, because, you know, th- this is like, decades into you know 3d like 3d has been the de facto uh standard for for making um games real-time 3d for for years and years now and this was like the this is really the last traditional sprite based game but um the game while not quite hd it's it's still four times the resolution of the uh the neo geo games um which means it it you know takes uh, four times longer per per frame. And then on top of that, this one had much smoother animation than the past ones too. You know, like they, they, they wanted to contend with like Third Strike, right? Street Fighter Three. Um, so the these sprites probably took something like on the order of, I don't know, like 10 times longer per, per character than they used to. Um, so to help streamline that process, they actually created the characters uh, based on a 3D base. So mm-hmm. Um, now, now, okay, so step one was always that they would have a single uh, piece of sprite art to base the, to, 
as the main uh, reference point for the for the character. So the the main starting point was never 3D. The main starting point was a 2D uh, a single frame of the character in their their stance, uh, usually by Nona. So Nona was the uh, art director of King of Fighters uh, 12. So at this point, not only did he set the illustration style and the art direction, but he was literally like providing, you know, like the 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 sprite art. Uh, that set the standard for the rest of the character. So they would have that one piece of sprite art, and then they would create a model, a 3D model of the character, and then they would uh, pose and animate that character in 3D. They would figure out like the basic animations, how many frames they wanted, um, and then they would they would export that. Um, you know, and it had like some slight cell shading to it, like a little bit of an outline, but it was very very far from finished. So. Um, after that, I think the the art director uh, Nona would step in and he would take you know a frame of that sprite and then again touch it up himself. So he, he would make sure that that he really set the standard for how this character would look. Um, and then and then after that, um, a you know a human being, a trained sprite artist, would pixel over every single frame that was outputted and. This goes way beyond just like rotoscoping. You know, people like to throw around the word rotoscoping as if like it doesn't take skill. Like th this, my God, like they put so much effort into every single frame of this game. Like every frame is a work of art. It's, it's, it was not just rotoscoping 3D. They were really touching it up, really refining everything, ma making every little dot count. And, um, that's why the game is so impressive to me. Like so much love went into every frame, mm -hmm. um, and you could see it on the uh, the the dot art uh, gallery up there. So so you know while while you're listening, go ahead and poke around that gallery. Take a look at the characters. Any any further thoughts on the the sprite style? It's what they say on the in the, the on the website is that it took 500 frames per character, yeah. and and the time needed was a year and four months for each character so of yeah. course they will streamline the the processes but yeah. that's absolutely crazy and uh, one of the adventures one of the things i want to 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 note for our listeners that when we talked about the same process for blast blue in a previous episode mm. we said that some characters had this 3d feel when you look at them, the first characters of Bless Blue, like Ragnar yeah. or Tagger or things like that, you see that they are 3D characters because they, um, it, it, it doesn't feel like someone drew them. It feels like someone made a 3D model from, uh, you know, reference art, but uh, not a sprite, you know. Yeah. And uh, so the real, the incredible thing with this game is that you, if you don't know that they use 3D models, you can't guess they no. use 3D models. And that's the most incredible things about it. And also one thing we, we that maybe is not in the on the website is that since they used lightning on the 3D model, they uh, you know they um, they draw the shades for example for example of the arms on the legs. For for example, if you have the light above you and your own arm is making a, a shadow on your own leg, well, they reused that in the sprites. So when you look at them, there's a sense of detail that is yeah. absolutely incredible. Like it's yeah. way, 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 way more polished than the, what Arc System Works did. But 
that's maybe also why Accident Works didn't do it this way. Yes, <laughs> because you have to put the game out sometimes. Yeah. So no, well, no, it's the, so the uh, we were talking about in the past about different games around how they they handle lighting, mm -hmm. and this one like they 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 achieve such dramatic shadows, but they don't actually shade all the way to black. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um. Oh my god, okay. Let me let me go on a rant about the shading in this game. So, um, if you look at past King of Fighters, uh, they they have very um, banded shading, right? They uh, th Their shading is kind of uh, very rooted in early 90s shading, where, um, you know, like if, if, let's say you're a kid, you just started doing sprite art, like you, you tend to like work from the outside in, everything's kind of like a cylinder, right? Um, so they uh, all the King of Fighters games since the first one, uh, they have this sort of very banded, shaded look to them. Where um, they did it skillfully. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying it's like you know amateurish or anything, um, but uh, they it, it's kind of busy, right? And then when when you compare that to say like um, like Street the Street Fighter Alpha or Street Fighter Three. Th those have like more sophisticated shading where they're not afraid to have uh, very clear shadows, right? Where, whereas um, King of Fighters is very generalized. Everything is uh, kind of very, very spherical, very, very general 3D look, uh, pseudo 3D. Um, and then as Thomas pointed out with, with 12, um, they did take advantage of having, uh, you know, the, the doing, being able to do some of the lighting in 3D. So they, and they did something really unique. Um, most fighting game characters are are pretty much lit from the the um, you know kind of generalized top top down from like the upper corner top down, and they're they're mostly lit. They have a little bit of shadow. Uh, the King of Fighters twelve and thirteen sprites very dramatically lit from the top down, where um, they're actually mostly in shadow. This is very unusual for a fighting game, where, whereas other fighting games are like 70% light, 30% shadow. This game's the opposite. It's like actually 70% shaded a lot of the times, and then like 30% light. But it, it actually makes the light part stand out more. And um, because of the dramatic lighting, as Thomas pointed out, you, you can see the self-shadowing. You could see the the shadow of the head falling over the chest. When mm -hmm. someone throws a punch as the arm travels, you see the shadow fall over their body or their leg. Um, but it's it's really subtle. And they, they did something super smart. I, I, I love that they did this. Um, they were not, uh, they didn't over-render it. Uh, as detailed as this game is, if you look at the shaded areas, the actual shadow part is um, a lot of it is flat shaded, and then the the edges within the shadows are just like one pixel, one color. It's yeah, it's crazy. It's um, because of that, you you regard that part as shading, and that recedes, and it doesn't fight for attention with the parts that are lit, which is where they put the color and the rendering. And if, if you look at the transition between the shadow and the light, they put this line of saturated hot color, and it's so cool. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. it's um, the the edges are more saturated than the rest of the character, and it's 
it's a really beautiful effect this is sort of this is getting into like a painting theory you know this is like yeah. what what painters in like the 18th century were starting to do and and they incorporate this into every sprite it's it's wonderful i i love can, the sprite art for this game so richmond can i transition into a, a theory i have about uh, also why this works so well yeah um okay so uh one of the things i also really like about this game is uh the backgrounds have an insane amount of stuff going on. Yes. Uh, oh like a ridiculous God. amount compared to other games. Like almost every stage has got a massive amount of people, lights, and um, they're actually quite vibrant. And what you're talking about, I think this is actually what makes the characters feel so resonant in the stages they're in. Especially like you'll notice half of the stages have like um, Christmas lights or camera lights or something in the background that's causing... Uh, a lot of light to be cast um, into the, the arena. And even in cases like the India stage, which um, uh, is is one of the ones where, like, there isn't quite as much light directly, but um, there's a lot of blocked light coming from it. I actually think that they use it to make them feel really um, at home in the middle of the stage they're in. And I think uh, part of it has to do with uh, some of the stages are almost, like, manic in how much is actually going on in the background. Because it yeah. isn't just people. It's uh, background layers, it's light, it's, um, this is also one where you start seeing them use a lot more of the, uh, like, firework style effects. Um, there's another stage where there's a lot of people, like, bowing, and it's much more dark, but then it has a, a number of torches on the stage. Yeah. And even though, like, they don't, the lighting isn't impacted by the stage, I actually think what you're talking about, that kind of, uh, like, electric saturated color, allows them to tie these, like, like, insane like if you look at these stages they're not just insane detail and animation they're saturated um like there's one stage i want to say it's japan or china um where like not only is there like 400 people like one person's eating stuff they're all the jumping china around stage. oh my yeah, god yeah. this stage oh and, and there's also like um so one of the, some of the, like the fatal fury stages and like the the uh the stadium stage and stuff like they could have just done something basic, but there's so much light and color going on that I think that's how they make them feel grounded in the world. So anyway, I just wanted to... Yeah. Uh, okay. That's what it made me back. Okay, you know what? I'm, I'm going to riff off of that. We're going to get super nerdy right now. Okay, so in King of Fighters 12 and 13, they, um, they started doing uh, some lighting effects, right? So the characters were actually affected by the stage lighting. Like, yeah. sometimes there was, like, a shaded area. Like, if you go under, like, an awning, like, you're actually shaded. Or, like, if there's a torch light in the background, there's, like, a rim light on the characters, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Street um, of Rage 4 did this this year, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> 10 years later. Just starting yeah. to do this. Um, and, and, you know, um, there was a little bit of that in uh, uh, Capcom versus SNK. But, um, okay, so the first game I remember doing that was actually the little-known gem called uh, Daraku Tenshi. Yes. Ah, yes. Yes, we're going there. We're going Let's there, guys. Oh, no. Oh, no. The third strike yeah. that no one knew third strike. Yes. We were All supposed right. to do a podcast for two or three hours, and now it's five hours, yes. I'm sure. <laughs> I'll try to keep this brief. I'll try to. No, we're, no, we're not. No, no, we're not. Okay, let's just go deep. Let's go deep. We're committing to this, guys. <laughs> I went there. Okay. It's, ha it's happening. Just come along with us for the journey. So come along with us. So so travel back to 1998. Uh, Daraku Tenshi, uh, known as the, the Fallen Angels, was this incredible um, uh, 2D fighter uh, put out by Atlas. 
and the uh, the art director on that, uh, his name was uh, uh, Mitsuo Kodama. Uh, or I'm sorry, the the game director was Mitsuo Kodama, and um, he was the art director for the original King of Fighters, King of Fighters '94. Now oh. this guy's background was um, he actually worked at Irem, uh, you know, and if if you know your game history, I I Irem Irem, you know, I I've never said that out loud until just now. <laughs> Irem, is that am I saying it right? Mm. Uh, anyways, they they created R type beautiful uh, amazing uh shooter and then um several members of their team uh w you know they went under and they were absorbed by snk and uh several of them went on to make metal slug which is a whole nother thing we won't even get into that that, that awesome game and then um mitsuo kodama he did not work on metal slug but he went straight to uh last resort and other shooters because you know this was early days of snk they weren't just known for fighters uh, they they also did some shooters um so he had a his aesthetic was very much rooted in shooters like r-type and uh last resort which are very like sculptural very dimensional very three-dimensional looking and that's what he brought to King of Fighters 94. Like like we were saying before, that had like a very sculptural, banded kind of shading style to it. Also a very dark palette and, and very unique effects, like stage effects and stuff. Um, and then he left SNK and formed his own team. And he did Dara Kutenshi, the, like as James aptly called it, the third strike nobody knows. This was a beautiful fighting game. Um, and unfortunately, it was released before it was finished, much like King of Fighters 12, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> and, um, you know, this was, I think, their attempt to really push the limits of uh, sprite-based games back then. And um, to, to tie it to, 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 to 12 and 13, that, that was the first uh, 2D uh, game that I can recall where it had stage lighting effects, where um, if there was a fire in the background, there would be a, a rim light on the characters, and where uh, the character palettes actually changed stage to stage. Um, they, you know, they couldn't do real-time lighting back then. Uh, instead, they actually created a different character palette per character. Per character palette already. This is uh, this is 96 or 98, right? 98, 1998. 98. So they, they probably ended up creating hundreds of variations of character palettes to like fit the characters in so that they would fit the lighting at every stage. And didn't um, the stages have like rain and other uh, types oh, yeah, of effects too? It wasn't just background, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, in one stage, you could like kick a car uh, table over and it would like this, it, the t table would actually flip and fly into the screen. It's a beautiful game. And, and and notably, to, to bring it back to King of Fighters, um, uh, so that game was released before it was really finished. It, it, it sold very little. Uh, it was never ported to home. Uh, it was announced, I think, a year or two ago that they, they plan on actually finishing it and bringing yeah, it yeah. to modern systems. I really hope that goes oh, through. Oh, wow. That would be cool. Really, uh, really hope that goes There's through. A, an, arcade, an arcade publisher, uh, hardware manufacturer, that is doing like old school uh, re-edition of games or for new games. I don't know. I don't remember the name. And so they made a deal with the, well, with the, 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 the game creators and they're going to push a new version of the game with all the unfinished character finished. Oh. That's going yeah. to be crazy. I, I, I don't know exactly when, but we, we didn't have any news about them for a while now. Yeah. So I hope it's not cancelled, but uh, yeah. Um... 
Yeah, yeah. Because I, I think if you look up Mitsuo Kodama on, on Twitter, um, that's at M-I-T-S-U-M-A-M-E-1212. Uh, if, if you look him up, he announced it, but then um, now his icon is Devil May Cry 5, and he seems to be at Capcom, so <laughs> I don't know what's going <laughs> on. So, like, gosh dang it. Oh, and by the way, this guy only has 1,588 followers, so, like, if you're listening and, and, and like, uh, you know, follower count... because This guy is a legend. Uh, but, well, you know, and, and he's still able to, like, get these awesome projects off the ground with like a smaller follower count than like your average YouTuber that no one's heard of. But um, I digress. So, so to, to tie this tangent back, <laughs> um, if you look at, at Daro Kutenshi, the graphics in that are kind of uh, very much a precursor to 12 and 13. Yeah. Wouldn't you say the sprite style? It's really similar. Sprites are huge. Yeah, it, they're, yeah. they're giant yeah. sprites, very expressive, very detailed, awesome animation. Um, yeah, I I feel like that game actually had a huge influence on SNK characters that came out yes. after. Yes. Uh, like, yeah. like very big influence. Like it was that, kind of like this, yeah. That, there's a legend about this. There's that Stileos was working uh, another um, artist that came in SNK in the late '90s. He worked on Darakutenshi, and everyone thought for a while that he was the character designer. Of the of Darakutenshi, and that he basically retook two characters from Darakutenshi to create Kedash K and um, and Maxima in yes. uh, KOF. Yeah. But that's not that's not true because the the real uh, the real um, character designer is uh, Morioka in uh, yes in um, Darakutenshi, and uh, Stileos was just a new guy, actually, during the... It was KOF 99, and I think he did sprites, but he was not, you know, the the, the, the famous guy that we know uh, today. Yeah. So, uh, here you go for your knowledge, but there's something also, I'm looking at KOF uh, 94 stages, Mm. They they have the same feel as uh, KOF twelve and thirteen yes. stages too. Yeah, there are so much going on, so much details, things like that. That's amazing. Yeah, they're just loaded with characters, going mm -hmm. nuts. Yeah, um, yeah. So so um, yeah. After Daraku Tenshi, um, uh, yeah, I think that team yeah the, went under, and uh, like like you said, several of them were absorbed into. Uh, uh, back into at, into SNK and and continue to influence the series. So it's so fascinating, just all the overlap between all these different companies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think the the game industry has always been pretty small and tight knit, and I think that's never really changed. Even now, it's it's oh, a yeah. passion pa it's a passion driven industry. Like you got to love what you do, and I feel like especially in the type of game, like uh, all the people that I know that work in the industry that or that we work with Richmond, like most people don't traverse. Um, genres very much uh it's it's much more common for like stage and lighting artists and character designers to kind of stay within something that they really enjoy so like you're it makes like a lot of sense the more that you look at the history of games how many people are kind of all working around the same thing and that's why that's why game influencers are so powerful like we talk about like the influence of dark souls across games that's really because like at the time like the industry kind of has a zeitgeist that gets picked up pretty quickly um and sometimes it doesn't go in places that we enjoy, but uh, it does. It does usually happen, kind of large movements at a time, and everyone's kind of getting around the same, 
the same approach. So um, that's that's changing a bit with indie games, but at least from the history of games, that's that's kind of yeah. tends to be. I, I feel like you can always find through lines between older games and their developers just because there was so few people working on them at the time. So yeah, yeah. Just uh, just to correct myself, the Kodama created three characters in Darakutenshi, and um, uh, Morioka created the illustrations. So mm -hmm. uh, the other for the other characters, I don't know, but uh, Kodama was also the character designer of the game. Oh, so okay. He was co-character designer. Co-character yeah. designer. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah, the main yeah, yeah. illustrator was Shinichi Morioka. Okay. Yes, that's it. I, okay. I just wanted to to point out. I, I looked this up. Like, so anybody will will probably post stuff later about this game because it's so cool. But if you look at it and see how good it looks, I looked up that its display resolution was three twenty by two twenty four, which oh, like that's amazing. Uh, oh my uh, gosh. I don't even. Wow. I can't even think of a device analog as to how how little resolution that is and how much they achieved with it. Like. You look at this game; it looks like portions of it look photorealistic uh, from yeah. a stylized perspective, um, and the the animation feels so good. And yet they they had what like Richmond. That was what we were working on when we were working on like the original mobile phones, right? Like that was like yeah, three twenty by two twenty four was a big screen, but still, like now that's what that would like fit in the corner of your iPhone, probably. <laughs> that's not even big enough for your Facebook profile thumbnail. <laughs> Forget the main image. <laughs> Your 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 Retina resolution thumbnail is bigger than this game. It's insane. <laughs> oh and my it gosh. looks it looks so good. We were talking about like dot art and getting every, like just squeezing yeah. every amount of value out of every pixel. This yeah. is a game to look at for sure. Yeah, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and I think um, so. So bringing it back to King of Fighters twelve and thirteen, I, I think that was the last their their final statement on that. Um, that's a game where like they squeezed everything they could out of every dot. Um, yeah, the art in it was just fantastic. Uh, yeah. Oh, you know what? I do. You guys want to go on another tangent? Just a quick one. <laughs> okay. Of course. Okay, let's do this. So, so King of Fighters twelve. Uh, the the animation, uh, the sprite base was three D, and uh, I, I highly suspect that. This was not the first time SNK did this. I, I, I think this was something that they had been doing behind the scenes, and I'm almost certain that was the case for Art of Fighting Three, which came out. Yes! In oh my God! You're so yeah, right. Yeah. And that had like silky smooth animation, yeah. like like yeah. up there yeah. with Street Fighter Three. Um, yeah, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. I don't agree at all. <laughs> no, 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 really? no, no, no. Listen, no. I, okay, uh, yeah. in frame rate and smooth. Ah, yeah. But. Okay. Totally lacking in impact. It, it had the softest looking hits. Uh, uh, Sean, Sean, Sean. I know you got you got some opinions on <laughs> Art of Fighting Three. You're you're a fan of the series. You know any any thoughts there? Uh, uh, um, I like how big the sprites are again. Um, <laughs> I I'm sorry. I really didn't like Art of Fighting Three. Um, I didn't I didn't like uh, a lot of the costume changes. First of all. Um, uh, so everyone looks really jacked. They just don't. Uh, I don't know. The controls are also pretty stilted for that game. I don't know how to describe it. Uh, it felt like a two D game that would wanted to be a three D fighter. It, it yeah. was like three D fighter conventions put into two D with the, the uh, same frame rate of a three D game. Uh, I know we're, we're talking about, like, characters, but also, like, the backgrounds got a lot more boring, too. And I don't know how to describe it. Like, they got slicker, like, yeah. like more, 
more smooth like they had a lot of like of detail but they they didn't have enough like lived in detail so they kind of fell flat in a lot of cases yeah. like yeah i don't know how to describe it and did you know that they did um motion capture for art of fighting 3 they had oh, to go they, they had to what? go to the united states for a month to uh to do it because they didn't have the equipment to do it in Osaka. oh wow and yeah yeah and uh and so, but basically what the, the data they, they got from this was super hard to use. And at the time, it's kind of logical because the, the Tekken team, even in 94, was trying motion capture. There's hilarious photos of them trying with, you know, wires everywhere and people trying to fight in this. But uh, yeah, they, they did some motion capture. Oh, that's right. Back then, I, motion capture wasn't wireless. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. That's crazy. I will say, uh, also, it, it was one of the games where a lot of the effects are super distracting, like um, getting hit or their power-up effects and stuff. Like, they just kind of flash things. I don't know. There's parts of the game that are well done, and there's parts of it that are super lazy. So, uh, it doesn't come together great. I think Art of Fighting 3 is a really interesting game to look at because it's, um, in very many ways, it's very beautiful. Like like you said, uh, in terms of technical polish, like the backgrounds are are probably the best out of the, the Art of Fighting games, but they lack totally, that, totally. like like you said, lived-in feel. Mm, like mm, mm. And that, That's also present in like King of Fighters 94. And <clears throat> um, James, you were talking about the influence of Hong Kong cinema. Like Art of Fighting had always been particularly cinematic for a fighting game, right? Yeah, yeah, and then three, they kind of dropped that. It felt very, uh, everything felt kind of uh, watered down and inflated. Well, well, like to give you an example of, of what I mean, like mean if this explains it well. So, like in Art of Fighting uh, one or two, so you had stages like um, like the bar stage that you could also like knock over things, and it had like a lot of kind of texture to the background. It had a lot of signage. Uh, even like King's stage with the piano, which I think was actually referenced in King of Fighters 13, by the way, um, with the the grand piano in the background, like the whole part where you kind of discover that King is is a woman. Back when mm. that you know you were kind of like, oh, is that a woman? I'm not really sure. Uh, but that that whole kind of thing, there's a lot of personality to it. And the stages in uh, three, like the, the best way I could describe them is they look like stock photos that you could find on like Unsplash, where they're not like so stocky that they feel fake. But they just look like someone rendered a really beautiful picture of like a train yard or a cabin. And like even the, the stages where they have people, they're not really engaged with the fight. Like if you watch other King yeah. of Fighters art of fighting backgrounds, like people are are there to kind of watch the fight or the way they're engaged feels like they're in the environment. Whereas the other ones just kind of feel like they were like, well, we have tables and chairs. We can't just not have people here. So, <laughs> so the backgrounds just come off as like someone else photoshopped in a background while these other characters are fighting in front of it and then because they have like a brighter color palette and they have like these flashing effects when certain things are happening with their super bar it uh, like and when i say flashing i mean like there isn't like an animation between them so they just kind of flicker um and it doesn't make it look really good with the lighting we were talking about how like all these games did really good things with lighting this one really didn't and then the stages had very like monotone palettes like especially between like the um the train yard ones all the way to like there's a, a scene where uh there's some fireworks like way in the background but they may as well have not have done it because there's no cast light from the fireworks going off 
and you're all the way down like a boring street for some reason. So I don't know what they did with the backgrounds in three. Uh, I, I felt like, like I said, they're, you said they're very, they're very well executed. They have some really nice animation, like the way they animate water is really good. But it just kind of feels like they made it for a different game. Yeah. yeah there, there's literally a stage where, like, there's a guy watching a parade going by, and he occasionally glances at you fighting, and he's like, eh, I'd rather watch the parade. And it's like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> you know? I mean, I mean, I still really love the art of fighting, like, the first few games, and I love the characters and stuff, but, you know, uh, yeah. yeah. Three, okay. three was not my favorite. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go on a mini rant about the animation, though. So... I sometimes see this game brought up as like, oh, it's so smooth. It's so good. And it's like, okay, um, the sprite art is excellent. But the movement itself is terrible. Like, mm. it, like the Lenny, the, 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 the woman with the whip, her moves are oh. so soft looking. They're, they're the yeah. softest. It's just like she's softly caressing you with this limp, like... There's no power to it. Like it doesn't. It doesn't look like she's fighting you. No, it, it not at all. It, it doesn't look like she's fighting you, and I, and that's a huge problem in a fighting game. Yeah, like it. It's it's something that because I mean I played it fairly recently because there's a collection on uh, some like PS4 store, and I was just like, man, like this is all fluid, but man, I don't feel anything. Yeah. It's just so lacking in impact. And then um, now that you say, now that you mentioned that it's motion captured, that makes so much sense. Because I, um, if you look up Jin Fuha, the character, he looks like he's going to be a badass, right? Like he's a ninja, but he's like freaking jacked. He's huge. And then you fight him, and he has the most boring moves. They're they're <laughs> just so mundane. And it makes sense now. They're all motion captured. They're all things a normal human could do. Like, mm -hmm. he doesn't have any impossible ninja moves. They're just these, like, pretty basic There's martial a, arts moves. You know what? There's a Mortal Kombat feel to it. Yeah, oh my god. And, yes. and, and I, don't yeah. mean, and I, don't mean, I don't mean the old Mortal Kombat. I mean the recent ones. The Mortal Kombat yeah. X uh, and 11. Yeah. Who, have, who has characters that has whips and... Uh, and uh, sticks and things like that. And when you look, they move. Sometimes it works, and sometimes mm. it doesn't work at all, yeah. at all. Yeah. And Street Fighter Five has the same problem. Like if you take, you know, some r new characters they made, like the the lady with the stick. Uh, I don't even remember her name. Um, Falk. Oh my God, she's so boring. She doesn't hit you yeah. with with her sting. That's that's so badly done. So that's a that's a common problem, to be honest. Yeah. If you want to see yeah. an interesting com comparison, look at like the difference between like uh, Goro in thirteen and Weiler in Art of Fighting. Like they're both yeah. big, like big guys that grab you. But mm -hmm. like um, Weiler, I, I guess he's he's got some sort of thing. I forget the story where he like uh, bulks up and stuff. But like he he looks like he's w walking intently towards you instead of trying to grab you. Um, Whereas, you know, if you look at, uh, like, Goro, he has this very kind of intent, like, the, the weight of him grabbing you and slamming you feels really, like, strong. But with Weiler, it just, it kind of feels like you're floating on top of his hands. <laughs> and it looks like he's he's got kind of a, a more, like, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but there's way too much time in between when he moves towards you and trying to grab you. 
with what it feels like. So, because a grab, when it happens like in real life or in animation, it actually happens very quickly, right? Because you're you're jumping from doing something to not. Yeah. Um, so the, the the level of anticipation, there's like way too much of it. So you don't like to your point. That's where even though he's got giant muscles, he doesn't feel like he's doing anything to you because nothing happens quickly. Yeah. Um, it, it's almost like he's very slowly placing you down and very slowly walking towards you to grab you. So nothing feels like it's happening in an instant. It all feels yeah. like he's trying to be soft with you. That's why it comes out that way. It, you know what it you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me. Someone made a YouTube video about this, but I I know that you know maybe one of us or maybe just me has gone through this. But I remember as a kid, like you know, you'd be frustrated with your parents or there'd be some kind of disagreement or something that happens, you know, you go in your room and like, you know, you, you grab something because you want to like slam it down out of frustration. But then like in mid swing, you realize how expensive it is. So you just like <laughs> gently like put it back down on the table. Like that's what Wyler, that's what it feels like he's doing. It's like this very passive, it's like a passive aggressive tantrum. And you're just like, Oh, he's like, Oh, oh no, I'm just going to, Lay you down gently. Yeah. Here you go. Like, oh, like yeah. that's what his animations feel like in terms of the anticipation. Well, like even if when he like does the the move where he like jumps on you and stuff like that, it really feels like. Uh, to your point, he started jumping. He's like, oh, I don't want to hit him too hard. Yeah, he's like, no, wait, wait, let me just, <laughs> you know, I, I'm a good person. Maybe I'm wrong with this, but I feel like. And uh, maybe we can come back to KOF after that. But yeah. the, the, because it reminds me of problem animation problems in KOF 14, actually, mm -hmm. when they, they made, you know, the switch in 3D. Mm -hmm. And some things, they, 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 um, they took inspiration for the timings from the sprites to redo their animation in 3D. But yeah. some things like the jump animations or the roll animations, they like standardized it. They they let the machine do the work of interpolation, yeah. you know. And OF feels out of fighting feels a bit like this to me. And uh, KOF 14 uh, feels a bit just like when we explain in uh, Guilty Gear Third, like if they didn't break the machine to remove the 3D feel, that's that's what you get actually. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I hope they correct this in KOF 15. Yeah. But uh, do you know? Do you want to know why uh, KOF 12 came out the way it came out? Because we haven't talked about the gameplay, but the gameplay had nothing to yes. do with uh, with um, classic uh, KOF. Because if you remember, you, you still had the roll, you still had the jumps. You still had CD, but CD when you pressed both buttons, it was like a f uh, you could you could charge it to guard break, just like in Street Fighter Four. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You could you could absorb um, you could absorb projectiles with a normal move. Do you remember it? Like if if Andy, yeah, you know you, you took a fireball and you pressed like EV punch. And uh, the Rio will stop the fireball, things like that. And there were also a crush counter system before Street Fighter V, because if you <laughs> did a counter it with an EV on a light button, that would crumple your opponent, and then you will go in a, in a kind of a custom combo thing where you you I don't remember exactly, but you you would press like EV 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 until uh, the so the judge would... came. Out. What ended up happening was that, like, it was this very, I, I, like, a naive way of trying to create a scenario where people would actually embrace 
I guess, like, a neutral game or footsies. Like, I guess mm-hmm. they were trying to, like, uh, make this easier for the player to understand. But what ended up happening was that because of the benefit of the crush, the, the I don't remember the name of it, but, like, there was, like, a clash that would happen. Mm-hmm. Once you were in this mode, literally, I'd say just about anything would connect into itself and you would do like 60 to 80 percent damage without any real effort so what ended up happening was there were just matches where people were baiting the situation Mm -hmm. uh the gameplay of offense defense and like any sort of meta just stopped happening because people just literally were like well all i need to do is fish for this particular moment land this combo and end the game uh and it kind of killed 12 before he could even start like because it was so powerful that like nothing else in the game was worth doing yeah and it's such a huge departure right from from what people expected yeah Yeah, Yeah, because the 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 combo structure of kof has always been the same you jump you make EV button, you land, you put an EV button. Maybe after that, you do forward light kick or forward uh, light punch. And then after that, you do, you know, a, a, a special move or a super, something like that. And suddenly, there's this thing where you can guard break by charging or you can crumple. And even if you remember correctly, the critical counter, it put, put the opponent in a very special, you know, juggle state where you will fall. Uh, less fast, uh, slower than before. So Ah. some combos were only possible in this mode, and that was kind of strange. Yeah, like the the juggle points, like, went through the roof, and then Mm. the character weight was, like, completely, like, it was severely affected. So Mm. you could kind of just do whatever you wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, And and the, the effect of it was so... Like, the camera was already super close. So, yeah. like, any idea of doing anything else was just, like, it was just, like, a non-negotiable. Like, it literally was, like, the game basically stopped. And your opponent, if you had any sort of, like, even, like, a basic beginner-level skill, like, you could literally just do any combo and it would do, like, 60% at, like, the least. Mm-hmm. Um and if you had any sort of like true understanding of like the game and how it actually worked, you were taking like 80% to a hundred percent. Like it literally shut down the game. Uh, and, and in a way to me, it killed the competitive uh, like life of it. Um, yeah. You know, and it was a big lesson for SNK to kind of understand that like, you know, yeah, this game is beautiful, but you got to fix it. I mean, Goro yeah, literally but... had a combo where, uh, he did like low jump heavy punch like six times before he even started the combo. Like it was really mm-hmm. ridiculous what you could do in this game. Yeah. But the the thing also <laughs> is that a lot of characters were missing. Like some teams were not even complete. And uh, some characters like, for example, May or things like that, they, they were not even there. Like they were mature, but Vice was not here, for yeah. example. So, That's true, yeah. So the, the reason why it happened is that for, for a moment, people thought, and I thought that, the reason why it came out was because Street Fighter 4 came out and, uh, and I don't know, uh, management maybe wanted to, to, to say, hey, we exist, we're here, things like that. But actually, the, the reason why KOF 12 came out and so unfinished was because 
um, SN, the, the game had an arcade version planned and the company that was partnering with SNK needed a game to come out. And so they asked SNK to, um, to put the game out. And I heard a, a story, I'm not sure if it's true or not, that they wanted to, you know, present the game as, a, I don't know, a King of Fighter a tech demo or something like that, you know. And it didn't happen for reasons. And so in the end, it came out at KOF 12. But it wasn't planned to, wow. to, to go out like that. And in the end, it sold so poorly in the arcades because it, it sold something like 300 copies, which is ridiculous. At the time, a, a Blaze Blue, for example, a good Blaze Blue before they went full Steam-like, it you will sell 3,000 copies. Three to four thousand copies, and each copy cost several several um, thousand dollars. So uh, that's how you know companies work. They they, they will sell the the, the games super uh, super expensive, and if they sell like three thousand copies, well, they make a lot of money and they can continue making another game. But with three hundred copies, that was ridiculous. So it didn't work at all. And uh, when it came out on consoles, it was, I think I heard something about, hey, why don't we just, you know, put it on the Xbox Live or things like that. And uh, just, uh, we, we don't insist on uh, saying, yeah, that's the new KOF and all. And apparently, uh, no, it has to be, it had to be KOF 12 and uh, it had to come out in a boxed copy. And uh, yada yada, <laughs> and so yeah, that's what that... that's apparently that's what I was told happened. I'm not sure yeah. everything is right or correct or true. So sorry if I, I made a mistake or mixed things. It that was tw ten yeah. years ago, but yeah, that's what happened. How could they put so much effort into the graphics for for this project? That's nuts. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. But um, I think the the reason why they did this was because you know. Arc System Works was doing good games, you know, with HD sprites. And mm. at the time, nobody knew that, uh, you know, 3D, uh, 3D, 3D mixed fighting games could exist until, uh, you know, Battle Fantasia came out. So right. if they started this right after they finished KOF 11, which was 2005, I think, well, that's logical that they will do, go this road. But uh, yeah, it was a lack of, uh, I don't know, a lack of understanding of what the future was uh, was going to be. But in mm. the end, we got the most beautiful games ever, so no yeah. problem to miss. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's what happened. And the, um, one of the things, too, is that we said Nona was the, 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 the art director. I don't remember his name, but there was also the, the producer of KOF 12 and uh, 13 until the arcade version of 14. Uh, one of the uh, apparently he worked a lot uh, on this game, on this game, and he was like the the guy that managed to you know resurrect the, this King of Fighter uh, to, to to put the game out. He was the guy that you know defended the game when people were probably asking why. Is it taking so long and why is it costing so much and things like that? So props to him. Yeah. He's not at SK anymore, but uh, props to him. So wow. that's it. So, 
So all that is to finally, finally lead to our talking about King of Fighters 13. Now and uh, two hours we are podcast. good at this, y'all. We are good. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, but the, the, it's very hard to explain how this game come out without yeah. context, to be honest. But yeah. one of the things I'm, I think they did not plan. Do, do you notice how KOF in KOF 13 the sprites are smaller and a bit blurry? Yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure they did this because the reviews of KOF 12 says it's pixelated. Oh no. I said it, Richmond. Oh, <laughs> you have, you oh, have nightmares yeah. tonight. It, 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 the pain. Yeah, and they it, had to pay the be... pixel tax. And they, they, <laughs> yeah. but to be honest, to be honest, pixels were huge in KOF 12. Yeah, they were very huge. Like you know, you had like rough, rough edges everywhere and big yeah. rough edges. So that's not surprising. People said that. So I guess they they. Corrected, and maybe because the gameplay went back for to being a more traditional, well, a KOF 2002 uh, episode with uh, a bit of uh, KOF 11 flavor inside, mm. but it's basically KOF 2002 with easier inputs and HD mod and uh, some counterweight properties took from uh, KOF 11. So they have probably had, you know, to go back to the scale. Of the characters in the in the screen, to be sure that you know you can jump and see the the, the stage or the distances uh, a bit yeah. more. Yeah. So I think that's why also they did it, but uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. I wish yeah, I knew. That, that makes sense. Yeah. No, I I personally I loved how zoomed in um, Art of Fighting Four was. Yeah, <laughs> I love those big sprites, but yeah, yeah. Um, like you said, it wasn't even planned to be a King of Fighters, so, and the gameplay was totally different. But um, you know, bringing it back to that classic gameplay, uh, it makes sense to have a stationary camera, Espe like especially with all the different ways you can jump in a King of Fighters game. You know, like and, and, and you cover distance much, yeah, much faster and more subtly than you would in a. Well, you know, like most Capcom games, and and the the camera zooming in and out probably would throw off the game. Do you know how I explain uh, King of Fighters to friends who play Street Fighter? How's that? And I said to him, so you take Street Fighter, imagine Street Fighter without the middle buttons, and so the way to uh, attack your opponent, since you only have shorter moves, is to uh, and to close the the you know to do the footsies thing, mm. is basically to jump. So they mm. replace the middle buttons with jumps. So use the jumps as your <laughs> middle buttons. You know what? <laughs> that that kind of makes that's, sense. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, you know, because every time I, 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 sorry guys, I'm I'm not like a hardcore King of Fighters player. I don't understand how to play those games. But every time I play, I'm like, I can't hit this person. They're too far away. <laughs> All these moves are short. What do I do? I I love yeah, using you, the middle you, buttons. You 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 either end up uh, finding directional normals in like heavy attacks, or yeah. uh, or you uh, start reading normals and rolling so that you know you can go past into their recovery state and then punishing it and yeah. then just not letting them get up. I mean that's what I do, but like it's it, it in a way it got you to think of the game in in sort of a different uh, mindset because. I mean, certain characters had, like, long pokes. Like, Billy, it didn't matter that he didn't have six buttons. Like, Billy could just 
keep you in a in a particular spot, you know, and it was fine. But like, there were a lot of characters that kind of struggled with, like, well, how do I get over here? Uh, and yeah, that that was a a thing that you kind of have to adjust to. But um, ironically, it felt weird when they got middle buttons in CBS two. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, I was like, wait, like, what are these? And then in some cases, not all, but in some cases, like, the uses of those middle buttons were kind of strange. Like, ask any Iori player in CBS2 what they use low forward for. They're going to be like, low forward? What's that? Like, I don't, you know, like, Kill's low roundhouse is really good for a lot of different reasons. But, like, he also had two low roundhouses. He had the standard one that you push by having just down roundhouse and he had down forward roundhouse, which was two hits and it actually moved him forward, which had like crazy amount of uses for it. But his actual crouching medium kick. No, like you probably used it for like air to air for like specific normals that weren't that good, you know, but like even Yamazaki, like his low forward, well, his jump forward was pretty good, but most of the time you're using like stand roundhouse. Uh, so it was weird when they actually got, middle normals it was almost like yeah. we'd been fighting with them for over 20 years without them so like what are we going to do with them now yeah you know yeah. there's a super cool video that came out like months a few months before kof 12 came out that's called the beginner's incomplete guide to kof by dundee j oh yeah and, that was really uh, good that was really good and the the um, this video basically explained cough like nobody explained it way before, and so if you never understood why you jump and why there's no, you know, uh, footsies in KOF, well, that's the video to <laughs> to look at. Okay. The beginner's incomplete guide to KOF by Dandy G, and this oh, video nice. is 11 years old. Oh my God, YouTube is starting yeah. to frighten me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll check that out. Yeah, and so. KOF 14, I don't know, when, when it came out, to me, it felt like, you know, I have, I played KOF 12 a lot. Like, oh, really? Yeah, I tried, actually. And when, when it came Yeah, we all did. When, yeah, yeah, yeah and, oh, no, I uh, wanted it to be good. So yeah. I loved the way it looked. I yeah, and it. I was, I remember saying to, to, to friends, like, they were all playing KOF 2002 UHEM. Who was uh, who came out like a bit before, and they were like, "Stop playing! Stop playing this shitty game! Play KOF 2002 with us!" And I was like, "But I don't want because this one, if it feels, it feels new. At least there's something new happening yeah. in there." Yeah. But actually, now if I have both games, and I have to launch one to to play it, I play KOF 2002 because, of course, you know. And uh, that's that's a complicated game. So I remember when KOF 13 came out, they, they did a lot of good communication to explain where to, to present all the, the new characters. I remember they made a new website for KOF 13. And each time they introduced a new team, they added the idle pose and sprites on the on yeah. the page and i remember when they announced that the the uh, k cooler and maxima were coming i will i lost my mind i lost my mind i was yelling like yes because i was very into this team at the time and the sprites the sprites of k and cooler in this game oh my yeah. god so good, <sighs> so ah. good. 
Ah, why is he not French? Why, why is he not French? <laughs> no. I can accept. I can accept a French character if it's K, you know. And oh my yeah. God, these sprites—they are incredible. And each time they announced a new uh, a new team, I remember that the, at this time the communication was a bit strange because you know Japan will introduce will say oh, okay, is there a new team? And after that, uh, a trailer would come, and I think it was Atlus USA who published the game. And yeah, at the yeah. time. And at the time, it was special because it was the arcade version that was, uh, you know, publicized. And so we were following the websites for the arcade version of the game. And I remember, oh, the, the sprite was amazing. And so much characters. There, there are characters missing to remember when they announced May and the new sprite, the idol pose of May. Yeah. Oh, my God. So good. Oh, so my good. God. You, 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 that's that will not be acceptable by today's standards. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> but, oh my God. But it was beautiful though. Oh my God. Yeah. That was, wow. Wow, 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 wow. So yeah, the, I remember I was looking at this website every day and they were also publishing with the sprites an, uh, an accept of the soundtrack of each team on this website and oh the, yeah and i remember yeah. i downloaded all files because i think at the time it was you know a flash website something like that mm, and yeah. it was I, I, yeah and i downloaded all tracks and actually those tracks are not the same as the final game so you nope. have uh, and I, I still have the mp3s the the files <laughs> to uh, yeah, about you, you ripped the soundtrack the... before the game came out yeah, but the, 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 <laughs> the soundtrack was not finished, so I have yeah. unfinished tracks of KOF 14. Oof, man, oh, I just remember how good uh, Arashi no saxophone is in that game. Oh, yeah. God. It's so good. Like, I'm downloading the game on Steam, like, right now. Like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, because I miss it. I miss it so much because uh, one of the things that this game served for for me was uh, CBS 2 was pretty much at it it's already like it's competitive cycles end in the u.s at least uh and because street fighter 4 came out so you know you had a lot of top players that were losing to people that they probably shouldn't have lost to and then they were like oh well whatever street fighter 4 is coming out and you know i'm focused on that game now and like it was kind of sad like uh, a lot of people who played cbs2 were just like damn man like i don't I don't really feel Street Fighter 4 like that. I really like CBS 2, but that game was kind of dying in the States. And when King of Fighters 13 came out and I touched that game, I was like, this is my CBS 3. This is this is my CBS 3. Capcom doesn't have to do anything. <laughs> I'm just going to play this and just be like, man, I guess they forgot to put the Street Fighter characters in. Oh, well, like, that's kind of like how I felt about it because... Uh, to me, the, the gameplay was like if you took Ingroove from CBS2 and Ganajin and gave it to everybody, like that's what King of Fighters 13 is with a slightly more lenient jungle point system. Uh, so I had a lot of fun with this game um, to a point that like my friends at the time only played the game with me. Well, they, it didn't it didn't survive a month. It was kind of like by the second week, when I was like saying, hey, man, I think I'm going to start learning HD combos. 
it was like that was the beginning of the end of having like a circle <laughs> of friends to play at it. So I like I I I tried to play it online. It didn't work. I had like one or two friends who would like actually like play it play it with me. But like my other like regular circle of friends were like, James is already too good at this game. I don't want to deal with it. And, and in my opinion, I was just kind of learning like basic shit. Like I had one team that I played. I had two people that I could do HD combos with my battery character and my anchor character. Like my, my middle person was kind of like, I'm going to do like, I guess drive cancels uh, if I need to, but like my, my, my battery and my anchor were like the ones that I could do. And so, so to me, I was like, my team's incomplete. Like my middle person, I don't really do HD combos with. So I'm like, you know, whatever. But I had a lot of passion about that game and I'm a big kill fan and I was really good with kill on CBS too. So, like, playing him in this game was just like, oh, man. Like, I, I, it was just, I was unchained. I was kind of wild in this game. Um, and it just, it felt great. It was like, it was almost like they took certain nods from Capcom games, like older Capcom games, unintentionally. And it just felt right. Um, I feel like 13 is a game that more people should play, honestly. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to seem like I'm like, you know, crapping on 14, because I think 14 has its purpose, and it did do things for SNK that I'm glad for, but I, I prefer 13. How how did 13, uh, how was it received? Like, how were the sales and, and such? Um, I'm, I'm not sure I have the sales, um, but from what I was told, it sold quite well, because the, the, the difference with KOF 12 is that it basically did everything that all KOF fans wanted. Yeah, that's all. Like that, that's simple. There were a lot. The, the the console version was also incredible because they yes. added new. They added new characters. They added Billy Kane. They added Psyche, and after that there were uh, three DLC characters, which were, and that's the way you sell DLC characters. So Q, but uh, is uh, with his move set from KOF um, '96, I think, which where, it was where you have you know, Q and '98, yeah, I think. Yeah, '98, because the because Yuri didn't have his power, and Q went back to the KOF um, '14, '94, and '95 uh, move set, and uh, so they did bring back those true favorites and Mr. Karate, which is a, yes. uh, a palette swap for yes. Takuma. Yeah. But <gasps> Jump cancel God. Oh, uh, yeah, it, it's <laughs> incredible. And the stages were amazing. The musics were amazing. The presentation, like, the, have you seen a character select screen with such a music that, that screams at you, I'm gonna punch your face. Yes. Oh, my God. Like the, the that music is like, screen, oh, oh, it makes you it makes you hate your opponent. Yeah, like it 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 puts you that game literally puts you in the mode of a tournament, even if it's a casual match. It's just like no, fuck you, man. I'm ready to body you. Like, and I felt like that as soon as I heard that music. Like, I could be talking with my friends, you could be having a good time, and as soon as as soon as that guy calmly and seductively says, "Select your character." It's just like nope, it's just time. Like it's just <laughs> like you're ready. Like it, it. Something about that game is it. it it's very uh, acute at what it's trying to make you feel, and I I feel like it's one of the games that does it incredibly well. That probably doesn't get a lot of attention for it. 
Like mm-hmm. there's a particular tone that that game has, uh, and it's 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 a beautiful thing, man. Like, oh man, I need to download the finish. <laughs> you're, you're right. The the announcer is strangely calm for how intense the music is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Take into that uh, versus screen a little bit, Sean. I'd I'd love to get your insight on the uh, the UI design, which was I, I'm sure you will agree is far improved from uh, 12. Yeah, of course. Uh, yes, um, I I don't think there's like a a ton that they're doing that's really like insane, but there's a lot of really like uh, for lack of a better term, smart things they do. Um, like, obviously, they do the segmentation of characters based on certain things, so you can kind of jump between them. I like that they have, like, a lot of the um, the random or other types of buttons are much bigger. But um, yeah. it's it's something as simple as, like, kind of what we were talking about uh, when we were talking about the Guilty Gear screen and stuff. Like, there's they're not trying to educate you. This is not, this is not the time for education. This is a time for you to see your character versus another character. Or, and they give you a really good way of getting a feel. Actually really like the screen. So you know how most character select screens generally choose to either show you art or they, they choose to show you the actual in-game character? Yeah. Uh, this one does both. Um, and it yeah. does it in, in a way that's like, you, you get a good feel for like, this is what the character is, and then it gives you a feel for what they're going to look like. And they don't delay it. Like some, uh, I'm trying to think of other ones, but a lot of games will have you selecting the character art, and then you have to actually select the character before you actually see what they look like in-game. Yeah. Um, this one uh, had like a something we were talking about with um, I think even some of the Nether Realm games do this pretty well, which yep. is like they they understand that just having a character facing another character uh, is is kind of the most important piece of the the character select screen, yeah. uh, and they they do a lot of cool like a lot of very again like there's nothing mind blowing here other than like really smart decisions like they uh, they put the timer in the the center top of the screen so you focus on the middle. Um, and then, like, the way that you move across the screen is pretty straightforward. Uh, I'd say the length and portraits and stuff are are also a way to fit a lot of characters on screen, but they always focus on the eyes and the face. Um, So you get, like, a really good understanding of the personality of the character prior to selecting them. So um, uh, to me, it's it's just um, very good at focusing your intent on what you should be paying attention to. The the backgrounds and everything are not as, like, stylized or... uh, uh, opinionated as uh, say Guilty Gear, they they want you to focus on selecting the character, but uh, I don't know that that's kind of the way that I've always looked at it is just like a really really solid. Uh, I think the, the UI designers in this game were okay with it receding into the backgrounds. Uh, yeah. Kind of the the approach of uh, no you like UI you don't notice is uh, is UI that's doing its job, and that's kind of how I felt about it. I wish more uh, you. <laughs> people will do this <laughs> but yeah that's amazing and that there's also a thing we haven't talked about that nona is not the the art director anymore right. on this game but the, his legacy is still here and um and uh, ogura who is famously known for uh, a lot of things at snk actually like the you know this famous grant artwork for Garou Mark of the Wolves, like this ter- terrifying grunt that looks at you with uh, incredible muscles and things like that. Yeah. Remember this one? Well, that's Ogura for, for you. And what I remember, what, what I like about KOF 13 is that, like Richmond said, that it's a very shaded game. 
And the art from KOF 12 was also by Ogura, but it was very, you know, clear, very light. Yeah, yeah. And in KOF 13, he, he switched back to more shaded artwork, and that's absolutely amazing too. Like the the art is re- very well, like uh, Sean said, you have the art and the sprite uh, at the same time at the character select screen, and you know, there's no. <sighs> There's no, uh, you know, um, difference between the two. There's no problem. Like, it doesn't feel like, you know, uh, if we had this sprite and, I don't know, uh, a Falcon artwork, uh, <laughs> yes. it, it will not work. You yeah. know? And yeah. so everything in KOF 13 is so cohesive between uh, between everything, between the art, between the sprites, between, you know, yeah. all, the, all the UI, for example, is super black, super dark, super shaded. That's that's incredible. The the game is is you know as class, you know is a uh, is a uh, is so charismatic, even outside you, the, the the playable parts. The character yeah. screen is is charismatic. The the art is charismatic. Everything is charismatic in this game. Mm. Yeah, even even the uh, the cutscenes in story mode are yeah. Like done in a particular way where it's they're utilizing resources that may have been limited compared to all of the effort they put into like character animation but um like it feels correct like the li- limited animation that is used there it's actually maximizing what's supposed to be expressed in the scenes um the color direction on the art in this stuff is like fantastic like like it's it, the game feels like they made what they they intended to make, um, mm-hmm. yeah. and that twelve was like a necessary evil for that. Like they had, they kind of had to go through that bit of a slip up and pick themselves up, brush themselves off, and say, okay, what can we do now to make the right game? And with thirteen, it feels like they did. It's almost like oh. it's it, it's it's one of those games where you're like, damn, like. I'm I'm satisfied with what they gave me, but like because I'm satisfied, it's actually turned into greed. Because I'm like, where's where, where's Hydern? Where's Geese? Where's like I'm like I want everybody and everything, like yeah. because it's done so well. Like it just yeah. makes you crave more. Um, well, I wanted yeah. to really quick build on something that uh, Thomas had said as well around like how it kind of feels charismatic and classy. Um, I actually think that this is super intentional. You can really see it in the logo design. Um, yeah. If you look at like how the King of Fighters logo has evolved, like it's always had, very similar to Street Fighter, it's always had like a large flame in the background or um, kind of like loud shapes with like extended uh, ascenders. So like the F is huge or the K is huge. Um, and it always had like really like loud like red color and green color and you saw that up all the way up until 12 and this one if you look at the logo it's um it's actually kind of similar to how final fantasy's um general approach shifted as well where it actually got it actually got sharper it got um much tighter together it's not as loud it has a lot of black in it uh it uses like a, a sans serif font together with like a much more stylized f it's not as uh, it's the same F, but it's much more toned down. It doesn't have, like, yellows and oranges and fire behind it. Now, it has, like, a flame kind of slowly behind it. But, again, it's all very classy. It's all very controlled. And uh, if you look back at the then the interface, similar to the logo, it's got, like, a lot of metal, a lot of black. And I think all, all, all we're talking about is, is it's meant 
to heighten our excitement of all the characters and the color. It's meant to recede in a intentional way. Like it's just kind of like it's almost confidence, and that's kind of what when when, when uh, James is talking about it. That's what reminded me of it. I was like, yeah, how did they present this game? And I kind of went back and looked at it. I was like, yeah, there's a an air of it's not arrogance. It's like pride and confidence. It's like look how beautiful this is let me like kind of like when you go to a nice restaurant and they just present it on a very like flat plate with very little ornamentation like they know what they have i actually feel like this is really really intentional uh in terms of the way they presented it so i just wanted to take you back on uh what thomas was saying before we moved on I feel, yeah, I yeah, feel that's that, that. I feel that's one of the reasons why the game had such success. Because if you remember well, the game was at Evo for several years, um, and a lot of people, mostly people from the Street Fighter crowd, played the game at high level. Like we had Tokido playing the game. We had yep. uh, in mm-hmm. France. We we had uh, Luffy who won uh, Evo uh, in 2014 with Rose. Using a- in, Using a PS1 pad, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, using the famous one, and um, and he's also he was also uh, playing KOF 14, and he was beating the crap out of a lot of you know OG KOF players in France, and that was hilarious to to see, and uh, and um, I don't know, there was there was in the tournament scene there was so much going on because KOF has already being a very international game and uh, with Mexico and uh, South America and North mm. uh, uh, North of Africa being strong places for the series and I remember when you when you went when they went to Evo and you had finals between you know Japan and Mexico or, uh, or, or I don't know Brazil versus uh, Korea that was really really incredible and um the, the 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 level of play was incredible. The players and the spectators was incredible. That was the year, you know. Ah, oh, I just remember. Do you know? Remember James when the I think it was one of the um, the Mexican players. He had so much supporters that Reynolds. there was one. Yeah, Reynald. He has a, a fan that came with you know a Mexican flag and an horse yes. head and a sombrero all at the yes. same time. And every all time the there time. was a, <laughs> every time there was a camera on the player, you will see this horse guy behind. <laughs> and it it kind of participated in creating so much hype on the game because there was you know it was enough Street Fighter to to please Street Fighter players, and it was such. A charismatic game that you could not, you know, ignore it. You could not ignore this yeah. game. You could only admire it. You, you maybe you didn't like playing it, but you could only admire it. And that's that's what made it so huge at the time. And uh, I'm quite sad that KOF 14 is so uh, fucking ugly <laughs> because it, because yeah, it has it, its own qualities and uh, it's a very bold game, but it's quite the opposite, actually. So yeah, yeah, visually, yeah, it is like complete antithesis of uh, thirteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, thirteen actually really embodied. Like, I mean, it is in my opinion, it is SNK's answer to Third Strike. It it is my uh, personal CBS three. And I think that the game just collectively had a presence that was uh, unprecedented. Uh, you know, like people, like when when grand finals or top sixteen was going on for for thirteen, like 
people were seated, people were in playing, just like, nah, dude, I got to see this. Even if they didn't follow the game that much, like Mm -hmm, they mm -hmm. needed to, they were like, they were present. And it kind of had that same tone for like Third Strike, where it was like, even if I don't understand this game, I know this game is important. Mm. You know, so yeah, like I I miss uh, what that game brought to, to, to Evo or to, uh, just competitive fighting gaming in general. Like, I mean, yeah. Like, I, I feel like more people should play this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You should, if you didn't play it at the time, you should probably revisit it today. Uh, it's like 15 bucks on Steam, which has, which is a great version. It's, and just it's just like, to look at the game, just looking at the game just, is worth the money. See it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I literally just bought it, and I think. You can either get the standard version, or you can get like it's the there's a King of Fighters triple pack that comes with yeah. 98 and 2002 Ultimate Final, I believe, yeah, which is yeah. what I got. Yeah, like, three amazing games. It's it's very cheap. Like you're literally getting like, I feel like you're getting two and a half games for free, for mm-hmm. only paying like twenty or thirty bucks for it. Mm-mm-mm. That's that's amazing, but. There's a sad story in the end, at the end. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Because during KOF 13 transition from arcade to consoles, uh, we learned that the producer of the game left the company. And um, I don't remember exactly when it happened. At the time, I didn't have a good enough, enough understanding of corporate culture and things like that. But... I previously said that at the time SNK was going hard on Pachinko and Pachit Slot, so uh, money games in Japan, right? And at the time, I got uh, two different people saying to me well, that were good sources for um, SNK informations, saying to me, "Okay, they want to stop making console games." They want because at the time we were in 2010, 2011, and it was the 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 boom when the world finally realized that you will you could make ten times more money with a tenth of the budget with mobile games. Yep. And I remember uh, at the time uh, Konami made the shift to mobile games, SNK yeah. made the shift to mobile games, and so. With both mobile games and Pachinko, it was way more profitable than letting artists taking a year and a half to make a character. You know, one character. One character, yeah. yeah. So, so I heard from two people, and it was at the start of 2011, I think, that the that they were going to stop doing console games, like huge console games, like that. And so the the story was picked by several, uh, you know, SNK uh, SNK websites, and eventually arrived on some big uh, video game websites like Gamespot, I think. And at the time, they said uh, SNK had to make a communicate communication saying, "Oh, that just internet rumors. We are not planning on uh, stopping." releasing games in the world world or things like that but already at the time they were not releasing game internationally because they didn't have a, you know a international publishing at least released kof 13 for example in the united states and so 
I was like, okay, well, maybe they'll continue doing some games, but I don't see them making such a game or making an extension, okay, where 14, you know, with these sprites. Because what there were a lot of rumors too on Twitter about uh, that that were spread by an account from apparently a former employee of KOF that uh, worked on t- on uh, 12 and 13. And he said that it was the condition of working this game were terrible, that the console port was made by like three people at the company, that the producer uh, left, uh, which was true, and uh, all kind of stuff. And at the time we didn't have, you know, um, we didn't have the, the knowledge of crunch like we do about video game uh, making. And so um, it was like very dark news for SNK and KOF. Yeah. And it was just before the game, uh, just before the game came out. And so they make a communication saying, no, no, we're going to continue, blah, blah, blah. And after that, well, nothing came out. Like KOF didn't have a new episode for, I think it was like six or seven years. And uh, everything they did was publishing their games again on um, on Steam. They also launched, and maybe you remember, uh, something they called a Neo Geo Station or something like that, which was an emulator that was on a PS3. And they were reselling their games like 10 bucks for Art of Fighting emulated on your PS3. That was super expensive. And um, they finished publishing uh, unlimited or uh, UM version of KOF uh, 98 and 2002. And so what I heard at the time was that a lot of good people at SNK left. Nona left. Uh, Doctor, I think it was Dr. Neo Geo, which was the, the amazing game designer that balanced the UM version of 98 and 2002. He also left. And a lot of people left the company. And so among people who stayed... There's Ogura, because I, I met him at SNK a few years ago. He, were, he didn't left. I also know uh, two or three people at the company that stayed. But to be honest, not a lot of people stayed because, uh, well, there was no games like this to make anymore. And so uh, and so we didn't have any uh, KOF for years and years. And uh, uh, maybe one day I'll be able to explain why KOF 14 came out and uh, what are the reasons behind. But just so you know, people making KOF 14 uh, right now are former DIMPS employees. DIMPS wow. employees are the guys that made Street Fighter 4. And, the, and DIMPS was a company created by former Capcom and SNK employees from the 90s. Yeah. So basically, it's 14 exists not because the team that made 13 is still there, but because people that work on SF4 and that were in the company in the 90s came back uh, to SNK uh, in the last three to four years. So that's uh, so something happened to make them come back, and I can't talk about it. Uh, for now, maybe in a, <laughs> maybe when we will do a podcast for the ten years of KOF fourteen, <laughs> if okay. something like that happened. But yeah, something triggered uh, a comeback to new games, and one of one of these reasons that I can talk about actually is that regulation around um, gambling games like pachinko became super strict in Japan 
because there were a lot of personal uh, bankruptcy bankruptcies in Japan. So uh, so apparently SNK noticed this and they also had an, a lot of success with mobile games like the Metal Slug mobile game. So yeah. they, they they decided to come back to making a game, but that's all other a lot of other reasons and uh, why it uh, it worked this way but there you have it after king of fighter 13 came out nobody came out and it took like uh, a gambling game regulation and uh, a new position and several k people to make king of fighter came back after 13 because it's a beautiful game it's the most incredible kof for me and it's the most charismatic game ever made but it cost way too much and it didn't and it didn't happen at the time where you know people were ready to see its value yeah so wow so in in that sense it really did become their their street fighter 3 like, yeah <laughs> in every sense yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> James sent us a picture of his of his computer. <laughs> it's loading KOF. <laughs> oh, nice! Yeah, yeah. Uh, James, you know I... the, the 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 PS3 version won't run on your computer. It's no use having <laughs> a computer. Oh, just just yeah. I had that up there because I I posted a, a photo on Twitter uh, <laughs> about this podcast. So like, it just happened to be in the background. I refuse yeah. to get rid of this he's physical copy. He's more just flexing that he has a physical copy of it. That's, that's what's going on. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, I, I just was like, no. And it's also like, I'll never get rid of that. Like, even if I never buy a PS3 again, like, I'll never get rid of the physical copy of it. I'm just like, no, I need to have like a tangible like, part of history of this game because mm-hmm. uh, it, it's, it's, it's a game that means a lot to me and, uh, you know, I, I can only hope that 15 tries its best to uh, be its own game, but at least kind of look at 13 from afar and say, I see what you did there and like try to grasp some of that and, you know, put it into whatever direction that they're trying to go because 13 is an incredibly special SNK game. And I think it deserves a lot more exposure and a lot of people getting their hands on it. I mean, I don't know if it'll turn people away from 15. I haven't seen 15 in its finished form, so I can't say anything about that but uh you know i just hope that what we get is uh if it makes me feel like i'm playing 13 again that'll make me happy ah no not for me (laughs) absolutely not i'm kind of bored by the fact that it's like the it it will be a game that is kof 2002 again you know and uh, I don't want to play KOF 2002 again. I played it in Neo Geo. I played the UM version. I played KOF 13. And in some aspect, 14 has this, you know, 2002 uh, vibe with the HD cancels and things like that, even if it's different in the end. So I wish for 15, they're going, I hope they're going to do something really special, really, you know, different. Maybe go back to KOF 11, please, 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 please. But see, if they do that, if they do that, right, which I would be super happy for if, if we get a game that frenetic, I, it makes me wonder, like, what has to be done to satiate, like, I guess, like a, 
mainstream audience for that kind of game because F- fuck the mainstream audience. Yeah. I mean, I mean, no, that's. I mean, we're on the same page on that. I'm just saying that like <laughs> it's 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 2020 though, so like someone is going to have to figure out like what do we have to do to make this be something that can cater to both sides of the spectrum because KOF 11 is a very hard game for like a new player to play. Like it is just like, even if it's not exactly like 11, but it has the sensibilities of 11, that's a hard game for somebody to like jump into. I mean, I would be all for it, but like I could imagine people being like, yeah, I bought this game and I went online and I got the crap beat out of me and I don't want to play it anymore. Uh, I, but I also feel that I think that one of the things that developers need to think about is like, and Arxis does this a little bit. Well, they, they do it a lot. Um, is that they do have things in there to kind of help new players like understand the game. But I think that if you can encourage a new player to be like, hey, this is a game where you can beat the crap out of somebody in, like, and we want to show you how to do that, then I think that like that'll help to some yeah. extent to say, hey, you can learn this stuff and it can be fun for you too. It's it's not it doesn't have to be like a a one sided thing. So that's the one thing I'm kind of afraid of because I I mean if it looked like or if it was if it went in the direction visually of thirteen but in a different way, right? Like we're we're trying to make a beautiful game here, but then it has the gameplay of eleven. I'd be super excited about it, honestly. Like I would probably stop playing everything and play that. I think they're going to do whatever they want because. The um, when you look at their Samurai Shodown from 2019, for example, that's a game that does not compromise for you know a huge crowd. Yeah, there's a lot true. of there's a lot of mechanics. There's a lot of things going on in this game, and uh, and it managed to please uh, a wide audience because uh, you do a heavy slash and uh, and suddenly half of your bar is gone because it's a counter hit, and that's super fun. So. You know they have a, they have a public. King of Fighter is super popular in uh, in Asia, and in China in particular. So I'm I'm like just go for your audience, like please them with a, a good design, a good art direction. Make make KOF like charismatic again, and that will work. To yeah. be honest, I think that will work, and I, I'm super glad that there's still KOF because you know. I talk about how after 13 things happened and things like that. I'm not sure everything I heard is 100% true, but I'm so super glad that a lot of people stayed at SNK and that a lot of people came back and were able to, you know, give the company a new life, a new, a new breath. And that's something that doesn't happen a lot. And now when you look at the SNK folks, they are so passionate about their fighting games, like super passionate. The, um, the, the, their producer is, uh, is super fun. Their art director, Kuroki, which, who was a guy who made sprites on Garou Markov's walls, is super into you know, anecdotes about the past and things like that. They are super proud of their legacy. And, uh, and that's something we, 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 we don't see much in other companies right now you know a game that's made for the fans of the games not watered down to please a wide audience by developers who freaking love fighting games you know 
and uh, that's something I miss. So I really wish like KOF 15 is going to be amazing. I hope it's going to be amazing, and I hope they finally give their games a good online in, <laughs> online network. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to believe that because of the the resurgence, of, the resurgence of kind of like indie and the way the distribution platforms are working, that you can be a niche title. In, in, in terms of the way that you cater your players and that you still will find uh, mainstream levels of success. I'd like to believe mm -hmm. that, that that is possible when, when in the past a lot of these times we're talking about um, when a lot of these companies have gone through rough patches is because like, I think we mentioned about how Arxis was very good at making games but not good at being a business. Uh, yeah. I, think, I think it could be the same thing here if they, if it's that, it's a thing where I think people are starting to find that uh, game developers are being rewarded for doing things right by the player rather than right by the business because the distribution models are much more scaled. Like uh, an example would be all the successes that like say Respawn's been having coming out of EA. Like they did stuff that was pretty against what EA wanted to do, yeah, but yeah. players loved it. And it was, it, it didn't take into account the business as much. So I'm hoping that they learned that lesson that they could do something that will be uh, something that players want and that the audience will be able to find it and love it and uh, spread it via the 2020 infrastructure of game development. Mm. What is really, uh, I don't know if it's frightening actually, but a lot of fighting games that come out now, that came out in the past two or three years, they feel very stale somehow because because, you know, since they, they want to, for example, take Dragon Ball, like, do, do you feel that characters in Dragon Ball play so differently than yeah, each that's, other? That's no. my major criticism of that game. I, I but, love it. It's beautiful. I lo it's beautiful, but, but, but you know, you, you, it's not like a Marvel vs. Capcom 3 game where you, you pick a character and another and they don't feel like they belong in the same game, you see? And... We were talking with a friend about how we 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 may never see a Marvel vs. Capcom three level of craziness in this world of fighting games because that's too complicated for the wide audience. They can't, you know, pick a character, learn it, and take a second character and it plays almost the same. So that's not fun, I guess. And I hope I, if I see a company not giving a shit about this, it's SNK, to be honest, because they just want to make the games that, that they like. Oh, that's the feeling I got when I met them and f that I have when I follow them, is that they enjoy what they do and they, they know their audience, they know there's a wide audience, not necessarily in Europe or in the United States, maybe, maybe in China, maybe in South uh, America. So like Sean said, Maybe you don't have, you know, to please a presupposed audience that doesn't exist or doesn't care anyway. So just do your thing and uh, things will go smoothly. Yeah, I mean, I definitely hope for that. Um, I, I, am, I am one that is a proprietor of that. It's like make the game for the people that want it uh, because that audience is going to be the one that supports it uh you know not just for the first season or whatever um you know it's it's i think if anything i'm just it's 2020 and I, you know i'm <laughs> hoping that the the developers i mean if there's a company like you're saying like if there's a company that will look at what's important uh it's definitely snk because samurai showdown proved that they 
definitely are not trying to uh, cater too much. They're making the games that they want to make. So hopefully with uh, with 13, oh, not 13, with 15, uh, you know, we see that. Because even 14 gameplay-wise, even though it has, like, auto combos in it, like, those auto combos don't really do much. Like yeah. they're not gonna they're not gonna carry you. So, I mean, the gameplay wise, fourteen is a unforgiving game. Uh, slightly less so than thirteen, in my opinion. But Mm-mm. it's still at the heart of it. It's like you got to know what you're doing. You got to come correct in that game. So hopefully, fifteen will continue. Uh, Give, you know, given what's that. popular nowadays, I am unconvinced that a game that is absolutely unrelentingly punishing is something the players don't want. Yeah. That's true. That's true. I mean, you, you look at games like Sekiro, I mean, obviously Dark Souls, mm-hmm. like people, but you know what, though? The difference with that is that I think people are, I think people are slightly more accepting of it when it's an AI and not a person. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's an absolutely like a, fair yeah. point. <laughs> like, because I mean, I've experienced it because I've asked people, I was like, well, why do you like Dark Souls so much? And they're like, well, you know, I can eventually learn the pattern. And I was like, well, you can do that in a fighting game. And they're like, not not against you and it's like nah you can you can adapt to a person too but i think something happens where with an ai you feel like well this is like cemented it's it's only going to shuffle but so much whereas like a human being can adapt to you and continue to like win so as opposed to something like dark souls or something just is like cemented or seemingly fixed uh people feel like they can overcome that and learn it so I think there's, there's, a, there's a part of me that always thinks about this whenever I'm watching a review of a game and the reviewer starts criticizing how good or bad the AI is. And I haven't seen a whole lot of games, fighting or not, where they're like, oh, yeah, the AI is so good. And it's like, well, if you want a real AI, just play against the person. Then you're going to have yeah. infinite levels of difficulty. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always think it's funny when people say, you know, they, they, they talk about what a good AI is. Like, well, what does that mean? And I always feel like people who say that have never played ST. <laughs> no one's ever played the, like they've what, never played why, why are you Super taking Turbo? the worst the worst example that you could like take? like 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 because because that's just very funny to me like because it's like it's like you clearly haven't played super turbo before if you're oh talking about like good ai or mm-hmm. you haven't played king of fighters uh any of them <laughs> yeah, like... the, the bus the bus is of king of fighters yeah. I, i've heard even like the best competitive players will lose to like so the game AI sometimes. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, because it reacts because it reacts to your inputs. It tweets, it tweets or, your inputs, yeah. yeah. Or in some cases, in uh, some of the Street Fighter Two iterations, it literally will eliminate its own hurt box. What? It it'll literally eliminate its own hurt box. You will your normal will go through them, and they will not even do an invulnerable move. So you think, oh, okay, well the computer just reacted with like an invulnerable dragon punch. No, they'll like walk up to you and throw you. They'll walk through your normal and just hit a normal. Like, it's, oh. yeah, there's, yeah, there's a lot of wild stuff that happens. And you have to remember, too, in Super Turbo, you get random damage bursts, uh, random slowdown. <laughs> there's all of these things that you have to fight along with the AI itself. Like, so, telling, when I was a kid, cursing at the AI, saying, like, it's being cheap, like, it, it really was. It was being cheap, yeah. Oh, you weren't, you're, uh, you weren't deceiving yourself. You, you weren't, like, you know seeing things like you literally were like oh chun li did walk through my low forward like oh like i did a dragon punch and they were just like nah that doesn't hit me and you're just like huh nah the computer literally would just do whatever it wanted so when people talk about good ai i'm like nah sit down like i don't think you understand like what that really means (laughs) uh because because 
I've been enjoying how, though, a lot of games recently have started breaking apart what actually makes an AI difficult, and you can tune it. And that would be something that yeah. might be cool to eventually see in fighting games, where you can, like, tune up the aggressiveness or the cheapness or, like, back down the, like, the counterplay or something. That would be something that I would, would be interesting. I would like to see, like, something that allows you to either create your own or to see, like, the structure behind it. Like, because one of the things that I kind of like is at least for me, right, when I played Alpha 2, right around the time I started understanding the game competitively because of the versus strategy guide that was made by people in, like, uh, Golfland and Cali, I learned how to play the game somewhat from the computer. Like, when I fought Ryu in Alpha 2, he would cross cross you up and do jump forward, crouching short, crouching jab into red fireball, and it knocked down. And then it would, like, position itself so that, like, you couldn't really do anything on Wake Up or whatever. And I would mimic that shit, and I would do that to people. And, like, my friends were like, why do you play like a computer? What the fuck, man? And it was like, because the computer was showing me shit that worked in the game. Hmm. Like, the computer was showing me, like, low forward super. It was showing me, like, combos that, like, I took and said, oh, I'm going to learn these. And then when I got, like, the versus book strategy guide, some of that stuff was in there, but then I learned more stuff. So, like, to me, like, one of the things that I would want to see in a game is an AI that actually shows you how the system works to a degree. Like, I want want an AI that can do custom combos on me. Like, I want an AI that can actually, like, convert into, like, super, like, with a hit confirm or... Like, something that's, like, specific that you would need to use. Because if it's showing you that you can do it, then it's, it's, it's teaching you. Like, like I, at yeah. least that's how I feel about it. Like, if I had Alpha 2 where, like, every character had one optimal custom combo in their AI, I'd be like, that's hot. That's cool. Because now you can actually do this stuff to people because you're seeing it. You know? Like, if there was a way to make an option for something like that, like, I would uh incorporate it you know like like i would literally sit there and go okay well this character can do this uh if they jump in they should do an anti-air custom combo you know like 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 stuff like that like i would i would try to figure out how to um create an environment where the cpu actually gives the player a chance to actually learn the game yeah not not in its entirety but obviously like face value showing you the basics they're yeah. showing you, like, this is the basics of how this character should be played. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. if you wanted to have a mode that was a little more, like, I guess, uh, aggressive in that regard, like, it would be one that actually shows you, like, high damage shit. Like, that would be... I would I would be cool with something like that. I think, I think that would be... Because people don't... I don't know, man. People getting beat by the computer, it's easy for them to digest. But getting beat by a person, like it's it's hard for people to to swallow that. Mm. Yeah, I wish I wish they did something really simple. Is that they mix like arcade and online mode, and there's no like online or offline mode. Like there's only fight. And at the, when you start, you know, you 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 basically have only ghosts. Like like Virtua Fighter did, you know, with uh, yeah. with ghosts, something like that. You should only have ghosts, and you should not be able to know if the ghost is a real person or not. Ooh. This the and somehow the game should transition to put you with real opponent sometimes, you know. 
without saying it to you. That you know will, that will that will be the best. That, that's I always said. Like, if you when you start the first time you go in online mode, you should be playing against the CPU, but a good yes. one, you know, an intelligent one. That's the same as the first match you you, you do in Gears of War. The the last bullet when you touch an opponent, it does I think ninety percent more damage to be sure to kill your opponent. Why? Because that's your first match. That's the first time you fire on someone. So you have to kill someone in your first match. And it yeah. has to be, you know, it, it has to make you feel good about playing the game. And that's, the, that's mostly the problem. He are stupid and doesn't make you good, make you feel good. So we shouldn't cheat like, oh, I just beat, I don't know, this, uh, this Thomas from France. <laughs> and uh, and actually, Thomas from France is uh, an AI that was made explicitly so you feel good when you beat an opponent for the first time in condition that you feel are real ones, you know? Yeah. That would be pretty cool, man. Like, if, if the game literally pulled from, like, different people playing it and made its AI based off of that. <laughs> like, like, I'd be... I'd want to fight myself, man. Like, 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 like I want to like, like see what that's like, you know, because like that would be like interesting because then I would test myself. I'm like, hey, is this frame kill actually working? Like, are, are my are my inputs as good as I think they are? Like in certain respects, like 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 that would be cool. Like, I, I think that that should be something somebody should look into is pulling from like the data that the game creates by just being by existing basically like that would be and then it would also like kind of create a gray matter about who am i really fighting it doesn't matter i just need to learn the game and have fun with it that's uh okay i think uh, let's let's rein things back a little bit a little bit but um <laughs> that was a great tangent into the the future of fighting <laughs> games and uh what, what could, can, can be coming next and uh, that's why i love talking with you guys i i love exploring all these uh lateral uh paths so um, let's let's wrap stuff up. Let's let's get in some closing comments on uh, King of Fighters 13. I, I I again, I mean, I've said this, and I've, I guess it echoes through a lot of us is that like more people should play this game. Uh, it's amazing that it's been 10 years um, since its initial release and seeing where fighting games have gone. And I think that there's a lot to pull from what new developers are doing, but also what SNK did in this specifically special time because a lot of blood, sweat, and tears went into uh, this project. And the game still holds up uh, to this day. Like, it, it still feels like a good fighting game. It's aged beautifully, in my opinion. Uh, I think that in terms of what you want to create competitively uh, and in terms of the feel that it has, whether you're a competitive player or not, like, I think that that's something that fighting games should... Uh, shoot for I mean yeah you want it to make the most money and to be the most popular I get it you know you want the numbers to do what it needs to do but I think that what a game makes you feel uh, is also incredibly important and I feel that 13 created a particular tone and a feel that like I've missed uh, this is coming from someone who's a big fan of third strike and plays third strike a lot uh, but there's something about King of Fighters 13 in particular that uh having not played it for several years because 
Sony refuses to put the game on its system properly, but that's another story. Uh, I, 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 touching it again made me realize just how much I miss the game, and and how much it is still like an honorary CVS three for me. I'm I'm not a super competitive player, um, so this is the perspective I'm I'm coming from. I, I just like to play uh, fairly casually, but I'm I'm very hardcore into the. Uh, the artistry of these games, and uh, my goodness, like King of Fighters 13 is just one of the most beautiful and refined games ever made. And um, you know, let's say even if you're you're younger, uh, you like newer games. Um, there's a lot to love about this game. I, I don't think anything about it is dated. Uh, it's it's very consciously a pixel art game. It doesn't look or feel old. I can't even believe it's been 10 years. It, it to me, it still feels uh, cutting edge. And um, there's just so much to to love. Like the the characters are 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 wonderful, and the way they express themselves uh, through their moves and the way they play, um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, so I, I highly recommend if 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 you can uh, maybe hop on Steam. And uh, the game's not expensive. It's it's really worth it. And if you can round up a couple friends, I, I think you'll you'll have some fun with it. You don't have to like know the ins and outs of it a hundred percent. It's it's still, no. you know, you just need a good group to play with. That's it. Uh, it it's a lovely game. Uh, I don't know what to say more than I than I said. I'm, I'm, su- yeah. I'm super I'm super I'm super glad I'm super glad this game exists. Actually, it's. I, like I said, to me, it's one of the most charismatic games ever made, and one of the most, you know, it's something like if 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 a game, you know, is is a, a wall, then this game is the wallest of the wallest of games. You know, everything, <laughs> everything fits naturally. Everything mm. is cohesive. Everything works, except online. But well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But everything works, the presentation, the character design, the art, the sprites, the music, the stages, the gameplay. There's, there's a feel you, you, you can get in this game that's, that's very specific to KOF, but jumping like a, a kangaroo doing CD uh, in the air on the face of your opponent, that's something you only get in KOF, and it feels so good to do in KOF 13. It, it, it doesn't feel as good, for example, in 14. You know, because of strange animations and things like that, even if the speed is the same. So, really, really, even if you're not good at fighting games, even if you, you know, don't want to play against other people, this game is worth money today just to be admired. That there's, and if you're, I, I suppose the, the audience of the, the podcast is a lot of art people and, uh, you know, uh, artists and people in the industry or things like that you should for your own education for your own career you probably should look at this game to be honest <laughs> because it's a masterclass in design it's a masterclass in realization that there's nothing that is not well thought and, and and well done in this game so really uh yeah play it again or play it for the first time that's something you sh- that's probably it, it's so a niche game you know KOF is now is a niche series to be honest and if you're like 20 today that's not a series you grew up with but really look at it because there's something inside that you you, you won't find anywhere else I think 
yeah, that's it for me. Uh, I'm just going to back up what most everyone has been saying. Uh, the thing I wanted to add, especially if you're looking at this game and if you're comparing it to newer 3D fighters and you look at like why we talk about 2D so much, it's a very similar aspect to like when film grain used to be added on top of things in order to like unify background effects and actors. This is a case where if you look between the 3D and the 2D, you'll see how they were able to use 2D to make it more cohesive. Um, it's hard to put your finger on, but this is a game that does it so well uh, that that's the a portion of the masterclass. And I, I mentioned that one of my favorite things is the backgrounds. The reason I would encourage anyone to go back and a not just look at this game online, but get a, a copy of it. It's one of those games where uh, even just the little bit of compression you use on like a 1080p video still doesn't do it justice. Yeah, because the, because the pixels are so precise. And then on top of that, looking in the backgrounds, there is so much extravagant detail in it that this is to me a a lesson in terms of why spending time on the details is important. Uh, even even really innocuous things um, in the backgrounds, like uh, the India stage, they have like a bunch of elephants in the background. All of them mm -hmm. animate a little bit differently. All of the people move. The, the light moves on them as it, as it changes. There's another one where there's a bunch of helicopters flying in the background. And there's mm -hmm. different types of helicopters. One of them actually, like, pulls up. And there's, like, a, a reporter reporting on the match, screaming at it. Like, those are the kind of things, like, every stage has an insane amount of detail. And you, it's, it's crazy how they went to do that. And then they also put even more effort into the characters because like you're looking at the backgrounds uh they created an environment and then they place characters in it uh and they uh, that's the reason they all feel cohesive but go, something that we were talking about before that uh thomas has said like this to me is really like the sharp tuxedo of the the king of fighters series like it's not <laughs> it's not really it's not really over the top or in your face about what it has achieved but i think that is kind of the way that it is ultimately achieved things it's just everything is very tight it's very controlled. It's very, uh, it's very passionate and artistic. There's a lot of confidence guiding the hand behind it in terms of the artists that worked on it. So, so much to appreciate. Uh, and uh, I, I, I agree with everybody. I'm really, really glad that it exists. And I appreciate people that have this much passion for detail and animation and art, even when they're working in an environment that is less than ideal, which is unfortunately true throughout the industry. So it's a fantastic game. Okay, I think that, that we're about ready to wrap things up. Um, so thank you. Uh, thank you, everyone, for uh, your, your, your valuable time. You know, they, I, I love talking with you guys. So uh, this podcast is a lot of fun for me. And uh, thank you to our, our listeners for tuning in to these, these epic <laughs> conversations. I think, um, I think we've just embraced our, our, our capability of uh, going on and on about stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, if, if you actually sit through this whole thing, thank you for spending so much of your day with us. I uh, really appreciate it. Um, if this happens to be the first of the Art Eater podcasts you dropped in on, um, yeah, please, uh, you know, follow along. Um, uh, we give out regular updates on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at Art Eater Podcast. Um, and then uh, just find us on podcasts wherever you, you, you like to listen to them. You know, we're, I think we're on every platform, uh, uh, Stitcher, iTunes, and so forth. Um, if there is a platform that we're missing, uh, let us know. You know uh, send us a message on, on Twitter.
Yeah, thanks for listening. And tune in next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.